Hey, yo, Flip. Yo. I'm going to put you on some fire, man. They got this new bed wash company. They got the lotion and the, the everything. What's their name? They got a recovery room. It's What's out- the name? Maestro's, Maestro's Classic. G-Money's up front. I'll put, put you, you on, put you on man. Man. I'll put you on the you Maestro's, sure? man. You forgot the way I brought you? You forgot where I brought you oh, up there? Oh, man. You forgot? You forgot man. about Ghost? Oh, all right, Who is What's his name? Ghost. You know again? He cool, man. <laughs> Ghost is cool, man. Yo, make sure you get your Maestro's Classic Bed Care products yes. today at Target. CVS mm-hmm. or go on maestrosclassic.com and use the promo code QueensFlip to get 10% off. 10%, that's it? I thought, it was, I thought it was free if you put your... Are you crazy? All right, I got it. Make sure you go there today. Log on. Maestros with an S.com. I'm from Queens. G-Money! Yo. <sighs> Excited about this next guest. That wow. I mean, to. this is... It's going to be... Is there anything that you would like to say it's, before, it's we gonna be. To, before we get started? <laughs> it's going to be... <laughs> She cool, man. Oh, she cool. Yeah. She cool, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, yeah. she just blessed our show, bro. She did. That she Before did. the show even started, she said a prayer for our show. Yeah, first. The and first. she said, may we get the most views on this episode. Facts. For Facts. Anybody. Facts. I think she might have to, you know what I'm saying? But um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited about the episode. You know, I do have a sponsor today. Um, nice. Shout out to my sponsor. They're actually from, they're based out of South Central, oh, wow. LA. It's mm-hmm. Coincidentally, I didn't plan it this way. It just happens. <laughs> just, yeah, it just it's happened that way. Um, so shout out to them, man. You know, they with this nice shirt and this hat. Um, the the good it stands for God uses us differently, mm-hmm. or it stands for grind until you die. Mm-hmm. And um, you know that that's the, that's their that's their brand. Shout out to the uh, West Coast one time. Shout out to L.A. Shout South to Central. Them. You know what I'm saying? They sent it over. Coincident. You know what I'm saying? L.A. is the building. Cash that man. sign for them. Oh yeah, my fault. I, 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 I was trying to be humble today. You know what I'm saying? But, South Central one time in the building. You know what I mean? How you feeling? Though? You good? I feel good. I don't have a sponsor today. That's, that's fine. But today was a good day. Um, you know, this week was a good week. You know, you never judge a book by its cover. Right. You know what I mean? Um, our next guest, you know, when I learned something, tell you why. Mm. Ego is a, is a thing. And I realized that you got to tuck your ego because... When our next guest, and you know, we're gonna surprise the people, was texting. I'm like, man, what's going on, man? What's wrong, man? Can we get the interview together? What's going on? <laughs> you know, Basky kept hitting us up, like, yo. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I'm running around. Right. And that's because of experience. And then when you meet them, it's like, you wanna do 10,000 more things for them just right, off right. the love and, and the energy. You, you understand what I'm saying? Because there's so much people that we deal with in life, you know. We tend to not. We tend to put this, uh, let's say, wall up and look at everybody like, man, I don't know, man, what's going on. Mm-hmm. But I met these wonderful people. I enjoyed my two days. Well, it's the second day, last day, half a day yesterday. <laughs> they they great, G man. So I, I, I see it. Turn on this light for me, please. Over there is the switch. The little switch to the side. There we go. No, yeah, there we go. Yeah. Now so I I'm, see it already, and I, you know, I, I met them for what. 15, 20 minutes, I already I already feel like the same vibe you're talking about. So, And she is so confident. She know what she wants, and she know how to get it. Mm-hmm. Walked outside with an entrance music. Huh. <laughs> See what she got on? Mm-hmm. You know what? I can't, we can't get to that yet, but I'll ask her what he, he, he call that, man. You know what I'm saying? But you good, though? Everything's good. Everything's wonderful. I'm going to get straight into the episode, man. Let's do it. Why not? G-Money. Yo. Episode 146. Nigga, we made it. <laughs> We got a special guest. 
supposed to laugh something already? Uh, I, I ain't supposed to get. We got a special, special guest. Mm. Um, Queen Pin. That's what they call her. Um, LA in the building. Facts. I want to say this before I introduce the name. This woman is awesome. I'm going to say that. She introduced me to somebody yesterday. You know what I mean? She just blessed me and her husband, who's who's here, man. They're just awesome people. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate that. <laughs> For real. What, 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 what? Can, I, can, I, can I share this sure, moment? Sure, yes, yes. Enjoy it. Because I don't do this. I know. I'm, I'm, a, little, I'm a little surprised. That's so, so I'm, I'm, I'm just... Go ahead. I'm, I'm listening. She's cool, man. She's cool. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Take it. No, for real. For real. For real. For real. And, and you know what? I want everybody to understand that this is, this is the first thing. This is the first time for everything. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I just want to salute these people. You know what I mean? And a uh, round of applause for Miss Jamika Hairston. Welcome. Now, is the Hairston, is it is it hyphenated? Is it? So no, just Hairston. Oh, can you introduce the the OG, please? I have my husband, Champ, who is my champion, oh. my biggest encourager, huh? and my biggest supporter. And this is the first time that I was able to get him to do a side by side interview with me. So I'm very excited. Oh, mm. this is big for me. Wow. Oh. So thank you, um, honey. You're welcome, I appreciate Queen. you. You're welcome. Uh, yeah, come on, man. Oh. Yo, 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 don't start this lovey dovey stuff. I told y'all yesterday, man. Don't start this lovey dovey yeah, stuff, man. Yo, G, chill, G, I'm his it. queen, but he my king. G, don't give it to the G. That point. That That's point. That's what's up. I think I might tear up this episode, man. I don't know. It's, it's a lot of love in the building, man. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. Chant, what's up, man? Hey, hey, thanks for having us, brother. Yes, yeah. yes, man. Thank you, guys. For, and thank you for sitting on the couch, man. Hey, appreciate man. You know? For real. You got two for one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He yeah, got me, on, so he got you too. Hey, hey. <laughs> hey flip some real ones. And when the real that. ones called you, you got to show up. Yeah, mm. I appreciate him. He showed yeah. us nothing but love here in New York. There it is. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Nothing but love. No doubt. You guys, you guys moving around. You came out here, yeah, moving around too, moving and shaking. Yes. Good morning, America. Yes, yes. <laughs> you guys are moving and shaking. Yes. They were moving. They did nothing for me. Yeah, they <laughs> moving and shaking outside, man. No, no, no. It you can't let grass grow up under your feet, man. Oh. <laughs> He's a good one, G. I told you. He's good. I'm gonna try to hold back. He's good, G. Hit like one more time, and then you gotta, you gotta his words is crazy, bro. I'm listening to this guy. I had to tell him stop talking yesterday. Like, shit, wait till the interview. <laughs> yes, but welcome, thank welcome, you. welcome, welcome. Thank you, thank yes, you, yes, yes, thank yes. you for having us. Do, do, do me a favor. Can you just slide that? Over? Yeah, slide it over for me. No, just no, not forward. Like push it this way. Push it. Yes. No, you're pulling it. Push it. No. There we go. Ah, push, pull, push, pull, push. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Shout the mighty two time in the building. Yeah, G, you IG, you embarrassed for her, G. Don't do that, G. But welcome, welcome, welcome to the show, and we're gonna have a good show. Thank you. Yes, we are. Yeah, okay, okay. Mm. I feel good. We'll have a great show. I'm, I'm trying to think, where do we begin, man? You know, like, the stories are crazy. You know, 
I want to know where they met at first. I want to know her story from when she started. I want to know his story because I know he got a crazy story. I'm, I'm, I'm fo- yeah, he does have a crazy story. He started yeah. telling me yesterday, but I'm following your lead on this one, man. Mm. I got my notes. Let the spirit flow. Okay, so let's <clears throat> let's take this, this episode slow. Let's, let's let's go back to how we originally do it. You know, let's let's get the people the history. You know, for those who maybe maybe sleep under a rock or don't know who you are, can you tell the people who you are real quick in the camera? My name is Jamika Harrison. I'm the author of Queen Pen. Um, I was featured on Netflix Drug Lords, which was which is still most popular. Um, just I shot. Um, I mean, BET Plus just aired last week. Mm. Um, was the first a woman on American Gangster um, most popular. So um, I used to be a big drug dealer. Did 12 years in prison. Came home and met the love of my life, who I've known for 37 years. That became my husband. I got my champion on the side of me. Amen. The champ is here. <laughs> huh? All right. So, do, you know, that's, that's pretty much sums up the whole story. But now let's take it back now to to uh, your childhood. Let's go back to the beginning stages before the Netflix, before the BET, before the time, the 12. Let's, let's go all the way back now to the beginning you, you, as a child. Can I say something real quick? Yeah. Because, and that was, I'm happy you said that because I watched, um, the Netflix, and I watched it today, again, mm-hmm. Drug Lord, and she never talked about her dad in that. Then I saw the BT one today, and she mentioned mentioned him briefly, and that was one of the things, if you look at the questions, that's one of the things I wrote, the top thing, you know, uh, I'm going to pin it, and I got it here, but that was one of the things, so that's a good question. Good start, G. Thank you, man. But yeah, yeah, this is about yeah. your childhood. Sorry. We're on one accord here. Yeah. Tell us, tell us where you grew up originally, born and so raised. So I, I was born and raised in Los Angeles, California, and um, my mother was a probation officer. My father was a construction worker and um, a minister. Mm. And so um, very early and on, my parents got a divorce when I was young. And my I don't say this much, but my dad left my mother for a white lady. Mm. And that's different back in those days, you know. And so my mother was kind of, you know, scorned from that, you know. But my, I felt like my parents, um, they, um, back then, they had a good relationship, even though after they divorced, they kind of got along for the sake of the kids. And so I would see my father on the weekend, and I was like daddy's little girl, real close to my father. And... um my mother knew that. So um, I felt like my mother did the best that she could to keep the household together. But at, as a probation officer, I thought my mother made a lot of money because, you know, she took us to um, Magic Mountain, Disneyland, SeaWorld. You know, she did all the things. And by her being a probation officer, she worked for California Youth Authority. So she would bring the other kids that, you know, she was um, a probation officer too. So I, I never knew that it was as bad as it was until the day we got evicted. And um, I was in um, the third grade, and we got evicted and came home, and all our stuff was on the line. Wow. So, um, yeah. Well, real quick, <clears throat> when you said your father left your mom for a white woman, did you when you went to see him, did you see the lady? Did you see her? Of course. When I used to visit my dad, I used to, um, because he ended up marrying the lady. So, um, you know, she was my stepmother. Did he end up 
divulging of how he met her and why. Did you ever have that conversation with him of what happened or what what caused him to leave your mom or stuff like that? Did you ever have that conversation? No, I never had a conversation with my dad. Why did he leave? You know, my mother, for, whether she was white, black, or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, he left my mother. And I and I always tried to um, bring my mother and father back together, even though he married another woman. I just always thought, I mean, as a kid, you don't know. I just, you know, wanted my parents to be together, you know. So, no, oh. I didn't. But what was was she a nice lady to you? Did she was she try her best to be nice? You know? Yeah, I think my stepmother was uh, nice to me. I just wasn't nice to her because I didn't mm-hmm. want a stepmother. You know, I didn't want nobody that I wanted my I wanted my dad back with my mother. Mm-hmm. And as a kid, you don't know, you know what 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 adults do at that time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I always would try to do anything to mess up their marriage to get him back home with my mom, but it didn't happen. <laughs> What's the worst thing you did try to try to mess them up? I mean, like, um, I would just say things like they like we would have dinner at my father's house. Mm-hmm. Um, she would tell me that I would have to eat all my vegetables. And I'm like, I'm not going to eat all my vegetables. You ain't my mama. You don't tell me what to do. <laughs> and um, my dad be like, he wouldn't say nothing because I was like daddy's little girl. But I would just say things like, you know, dad, um my mom don't make me eat my vegetables. How is she going to tell me to eat my vegetables, you know? I see. And, you know, stuff like that. But in the end, in the long run, um, I became, you know, friends with my stepmom. Nice. But at first, I didn't like her because I wanted my dad really all to myself, and I wanted him back with my mother. Mm. Mm. Now, did you go by yourself over there, or did your other siblings go with you? My other brothers went with me to visit my dad. So he was always a part of our life, even right. though that they was um, divorced. Because yeah. it's four of you guys, yes? Yes, it is. Three brothers and yes, by yourself, yeah. Yes. So and you and you guys all went and well, at that time it wasn't um, my baby brother wasn't born, so it was just like three of us that was go would would go to see my dad. And I want to ask you a question. Um, did you see was was your mom really affected by? Your dad leaving, did it affect it? Could you see, Did it? was it visible? Could you see that she was affected by that or she was just affected by, you know, how you guys may have been living at the time, you said? As a child, I can't say whether she was affected or not, or not but I felt like my mother just tried to be the best mother that she can be to us. And I feel like growing up in that era that um, – our parents didn't show us the things that we show our kids today. Mm. It's a totally different generation. That's what I think. So I think that our parents were taught to suppress and hide things that we would bring open to our kids today. So um, my mother didn't discuss what was going on between them because it was just something she wasn't taught to do by her mother. So... And you said that well, one day you came home and the marshal, you know, when I watch it, it said the marshal, you know, you, you had to notice on the door and mm-hmm. you couldn't get in the house. Yeah. One day I came home from school. I was in the third grade and it was a uh, eviction notice on the door. As a child, I didn't know what it was. But when I looked and seen all my, my clothes and things on the front line and all our furniture and everything on the front line, we was, I know that 
this wasn't good, you know, and then you got all the neighbors looking and whispering, you know, it's like, what's going on, you know, so um, we got put out. I didn't know what it was. Mm. So um, I knew that in my mind that as a little girl, I'm like, this, this ain't cool. And I don't never want this to happen to me. And so after that, what happens next? You guys, you guys move out. I mean, evicted, and you, you go away from there. So after we were evicted, we ended up staying at a motel. And so I finished going to school. And once school was out, and it was summer, then I went to uh, Mississippi to live with my grandparents, my mother's parents. Mm. And I heard you was giving grandma some trouble. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> living with my grandparents. Um, they were very strict, and um, you couldn't even leave outside the yard without getting permission. Mm. So, and, and and I didn't, you know, like being raised in California, you're like, you know, my mother was like cool, laid back, right. you know. Um, my grandmother was like, you have to say yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. You don't say yes, yeah, no. You don't talk like that. You know, and when you in, in Mississippi, when you're walking down the street, if people sitting on the porch, you have to say, hello, good evening. You don't just pass by people on the street and don't say anything. Mm. Not in Mississippi, because by the time I got home, if I did that, my grandmother would say, turn around and go back to that house and oh, speak wow. to them people. <clears throat> my grandmother was very, very strict. Mm. And that was your mom's mom. <clears throat> that was my mother's mother. Mm. What's your um, ethnic background? I'm African-American. Okay. I'm black. 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 Gotcha. All black. All black. <laughs> Mississippi. My mama black, my daddy black. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> so real quick, and, and your grandfather was there as well. Was he strict as well? My grandfather was very laid back. Um, actually, Champ reminded me a lot, like my grandfather. Mm. But um, he, didn't do, he didn't talk a lot. He just worked. Um, but my grandfather, to me... I used to, as I got older, I I thought he was probably white because he was so light, but he wasn't because I would always ask my mother, is your daddy black because he was so light? She said, yeah, my daddy black. So um, I um, he was really a good person. And what, what I could say about my grandfather, I, I know we're getting ahead of the interview, but um, he didn't talk much. So I remember when I got arrested and I would call, I was scared to call my grandparents because I didn't want to embarrass my family. And so my mother told me that my grandmother was sick and I couldn't go because I was on the run and I, and I wanted to go see my grandmother, but I couldn't because my grandmother raised me. And so I can remember calling from jail because we were talking about my grandfather. My grandfather, um, I said, uh, Granddaddy, how you doing? He said, I'm fine. Because my granddaddy started talking more after my grandmother passed away. And I'm like, that's different. Because you would call the house when my grandmother, was, my grandfather never even answered the phone. So for me to call from jail and he answered the phone, I'm like, Granddaddy, how you doing? And he said, I'm going to send you some money. I said, Granddaddy, you know where I'm at? He said, yeah. He said, if people mind their business and stop talking so much, they wouldn't know your business. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so 
for him to talk so much, that was a good memory memory for me when I was incarcerated. And it was the beginning stages of me being in jail. And then my grandfather did pass away while I was in jail. But mm-hmm. that stuck with me when he said that other family members were calling him and telling him I was incarcerated. And he was like, they need to mind their business. And that made me feel so good when my granddaddy said that. <laughs> so, <clears throat> but you were given trouble, because not really given trouble, but you wanted to, like, first of all, what age did you go to Mississippi? I went to Mississippi. I was in the the summer of the third, gra- third grade, so I would be going to the fourth grade. Mm-hmm. And so um, we were just, you know, supposed to go down there to see, you know, how we like it because in my mind I'm like if my mother don't have a place to stay I'm like asking my mother well where do your mother stay because I had never met my grandparents at that time because my mother left Mississippi at 18 and so she moved to California with my father so I had never met my grandparents until I went to Mississippi so the first time going to Mississippi me and my little brother Fernando at the time we went back my mother put us on a plane, and then they met us at the airport in Mississippi. And that's the first time we met my grand, my grandmother. And then when I got to the house, my mother's sisters and brothers and my grandfather. So she stayed in, <coughs> in, in L.A. She she remained while you guys were up there. Mm-hmm. But once we were, um, we ended up staying in Mississippi because we, I said, Mom, I like it out here. Could we stay? And my mother was like, oh, okay, if that's what you want to do. So at the time, my mother was in the Air Force Reserve. Air Force Reserve, so she would travel all the time. So she would come to Mississippi, you know, through the Air Force and stuff. Mm. So I would see her like that. And so then um, when I started feeling myself, if I couldn't have my way, because my my grandmother didn't let me have my way. My grandmother said, yeah, your mama and them spoiled you, but I'll whoop your butt. So I'll be like, um, oh, God, I hate my grandmother. Just kill her, kill her, kill her. I hate her. She's so mean. Because my grandmother, my mother and father have never, ever whooped me. But my grandmother, she'd be like, I will tear your butt up. Go pick your own switch. Mm. If you ain't in the house before it's dark, you would get a whooping. I'm like, you know, as a kid, I, I didn't know what whooping was. You know, my grandmother be like, you talk back to her, she get that walk, walking through the house, muddy up. She ain't play. I was scared to death of my grandmother. I used to literally hide in the closet and say, God, kill her, kill her, kill her, kill her, kill her. Because I didn't know. So when I became um, a Christian, I had to repent and say, God, forgive me for saying that. But to this day, I can say that because of what my grandmother instilled in me and because of her strictness and because her discipline and because of her structure and her family structure, it helped me be the woman and the godly woman that I am today. Because it was my grandmother that instilled you going to church, you going to vacation Bible study, you going to Sunday school. If, if nobody went to church in that town, the Richardsons was there every time the door opened. So I appreciate what my grandmother did then. I didn't understand it as a kid then, but I understand it now as an adult. What about your father's parents? My father's parents were in uh, West Virginia. So um, when we would go back and forth later on, I did meet my um, my um, 
I never met my father's father, but because he was dead, he died when my father was young. But I was close to my father's mother. Was she as strict as Medea? Absolutely not. <laughs> my um, my father's mother wasn't strict at all. Nice lady. Nice lady. Mm. Mm. But my I, grandmother was nice. She just was strict. Strict. So, if you, if you, <laughs> so is the saying is true? Like if you if you. If you talk while she's not talking to you, you know how that she gave, they give you that look and all that, and you know they they backhand you. Is that true? Those type of type of stuff is true. What what our kids do today, you don't you don't. If grown folks are talking, first of all, you're not in the room in Mississippi, and um, you don't interrupt them when they're talking, and you're gone. And if you do, you know, it's, excuse me. Maria. And I can remember this time, even though Maria was my grandmother, because we stayed with her so long, because my mother, my mother's sister and my grandmother all had kids in the same year on three different occasions. So I was raised with my uncles and auntie with this, which is in my same age um, racket. So um, I remember one time I said, um, Grandma, she said, well, what did you call me? Oh, um, I'm sorry. Maria? Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Because I got so close to my grandmother that my grandmother looked at me as being one of her kids instead of her granddaughter. That's what it's because it's, it's it's Maria is a form of endearment, right, for mother mm-hmm. or mom. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I just looked. That's my first time, yeah, yeah, looking it up. So you couldn't, I couldn't talk back to her or I couldn't, you know, one time I asked her, could I go and, um, see one of my friends and she was like and it was like a Sunday or something and she said no you can't go and I'm like I'm, I'm I went to that closet and I said I'm running away I'm running away <laughs> I'm getting out of here <laughs> but I was scared to run away because I'm like she gonna she kill me so so anyway um I did you know I ran away and um, when I when they they found me and brought me back to Monday, I said, I'm not staying here. Oh, man. <laughs> you got in trouble? Oh, yeah. But I ended up going to stay with my auntie until um, my mother sent for me. Is that the situation where you told about she, she pulled the sh- her shotgun yes. out? Yes. You remember seeing the shotgun? Oh, yeah. <laughs> bring, us, bring us. So you ran away. <laughs> how, how many days were you going for? For about a week. Where did you go? Well, I thought that um, I remember when I was like in the sixth grade, I was in Mississippi because I was out there from the um, the fourth grade, the fifth, the sixth grade. Mm-hmm. And so it was this guy that used to always come see my auntie. And so, you know, as a little girl, you I had like a little girl's crush on, you know, one of the guys in town. He was like the man in town. And so then I said, when I grow up, you're going to be my boyfriend. And so... Um, when I ran away, I was it was like the ninth grade, something like that. So I ran to my best friend house, Tanya, and I said, Tanya, Maria's so mean. And I used to always confine to Tanya, my best friend. I said, Maria's so strict, she's so mean. And her parents were, you know, not as strict as my parents. Like Tanya could go out to to the club, she can go to the, you know, to the dances and stuff. Maria, like, she'll let you go to the dances, but the dances start at 8 o'clock. They probably over with at 12. Mm-hmm. Maria say, we got to be back by 8. Oh, no. Nah. 
I'm like, Muddy, well, that's what time to dance. So you you leaving the house at 6 o'clock, you yeah. know, to go to the dance. But, so. Wow. Well, I, I think that's what we're missing now, though, nowadays. You know what I'm saying? Like, in, in, in 2019, 2020, you know, New Year, I think that's, that's definitely, well, the past, the past like, decade, you know what I'm saying? I feel like we're missing that, that, that Medea, that, you know, that, 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 that big mama, you know what I'm saying, to make yes. sure these kids are a little more straight, more straightened out, you know what I mean? But we're going to pause for a second right here because we got two for one special. We're going to go to my man Champ. How you feeling, Champ? Man, blessed and highly favored. <laughs> <laughs> Chill, Chill out, man. <laughs> so, so, you know, what's your story, man? Like, where'd you um, grow up and, you know, what's the Champ story? like on the east side of L.A. and, uh, you know, it, it was, I have a similar story. You know, mm-hmm. like uh, my grandmother and mother raised me. You know, my father, same situation. Mm. You know, and, uh, you know, grandmothers are a blessing, definitely. Oh, facts. You know, but now I think the grandmothers are so young. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like babies having babies now. So it's like they don't really have that that wisdom, you know, and the knowledge that, that our grandmothers had. You know, our grandmothers was deep. They was like, the father and the mother, you know what I'm saying? They was. They but was can told. I say something? Sure. When when you when he said the same situation, that just hit me deep, because I forgot Champ father left his mother for a white lady oh, that he's wow. still married to today. Wow. Well, no, actually that's a different one because pops he didn't been like he had three. T- yeah. Like, he married like three times, but once. Oh. You know, like, you know how you say when you go black, you don't go back. Well, he, he flipped that thing around. He went white. <laughs> he stayed white. You know what I mean? That just hit me when you said that. Yeah. Wow. So, Chad, so, wait, hold on. So, so you remember your father leaving as well as a kid, or, you, well, or he left when you were? Yeah, I was young, man. I think I was like, uh, I want to say like maybe the second grade or something mm. like that. First grade. Might have been the first grade. You know what I mean? But I think what happened with him, I don't think he really left. I think my mother kind of, like, smashed because I think she came home and caught him, you know what I'm saying, in the bed with a white woman, and that was that. I don't I don't think he really planned to leave, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I think she expedited that when she caught him, you know what I'm saying, like that, and that was that, you know. Mm. Wow. And, and, and do you have any siblings? Yeah, I had two brothers and two sisters. Mm. Yeah. So it's five of you and all. Yeah, and like so, as, as a kid, you know, um, tell us what it was like. What it was like in your household, like how your mother was, because when, what's your father left? Like how was it in the household? You see your mother and your grandmother, so they both. Yeah, yeah. My grandmother like filled the gap, mm-hmm. and my grandmother was, you know, just like her grandmother. You know, they they no joke. Like Medea, it's like, you know, I, that was really like mother dear. You know what I'm saying? That that, that that's what it was. But then it just got flipped. And the slang to Medea, you know what I mean? And my grandmother, we called her Granny, and and and, and she was that. She was all that, you know what I mean? I I remember one story, like when I got older, cause I I kind of went to the left too, so I remember uh, the sheriffs, like in, in my neighborhood, they didn't play around at all. They was gangsters. They had their own little gang, you know. They used to call them uh, uh, what is that? The Vikings. They had tattoos and everything, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And they had no love for us. So one day I, I came to my, my mother's house and uh, my grandmother's house because they stayed together, and I had pulled up in the driveway. Right when I pulled up, the sheriffs pulled up, kicked the doors open, shotguns out, all that. Let me see some hands. Ah, here we go. And, and, and I was dirty. 
You know what I mean? So I'm like, ah. My grandmother came out the door, leave him alone. I'm looking like, oh, granny, go on back in. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> These jokers ain't playing here. You know what I'm saying? Go on back in. But she didn't. She smashed to the point they left on me. I had never seen that before. I never mm. seen the sheriff just put it in reverse and just get somewhere. You know, so that took me. I had a whole different level of respect for her. Mm. You know what I'm saying? She gave me my squabble game. You know what I'm saying? From from way back when. She she taught me how to chuckle. Mm. You know what I mean? So I was, she was she was the truth, man. How she told you that? Well, I, one day uh, I was outside playing. I think I was I was a youngin when Pops had first left, and something happened with the neighbors or somebody on the street. Something happened. Oh, she was in. You know how to, they listen. You know what I'm saying? Like they used to be in the house with the windows open. Mm -hmm. So when you're outside playing or whatever, they hearing everything. So I don't know, dude that got slick or something. It was a cat from, yeah, they was from somewhere, man. Uh, uh, they wasn't from here, you know what I'm saying? They had just moved to the neighborhood. I think they was from Canada or something. You know, and they was real like disrespectful. You know what I mean? So the dude was talking fly, the kid. My grandmother heard it. She called me inside. She said, um, uh-uh. You know, this, that, the other, whoop, whoop, whoop. And she kind of gave me the game on respect, disrespect, and all that, and whoop, 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 and how to, like, lightweight check, you know. So she gave me that, and I was like, okay. And, you know, and then she said, yeah, and if this don't work, whoop, whoop, whoop. And she gave me a couple moves, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, yeah. So I went back outside, strapped, you know what I'm saying? I was, whoo, vested. You know, I had my chest up, like, whoop, whoop. So, dude, like, he went to the left again, you know. So I touched him up. You know what I'm saying? And then I felt some kind of way after that, but she didn't give me the rest of it. Like, when they go down, like, what to do? So, you know what I'm saying? So, Yo, so when, yeah, yeah. So then when I came back in later, because she's in the window, she watched the whole thing. And then when I came back in, you know, she gave me the rest of it. You know what I'm saying? As far as that, she explained that L.A. Stomp to me, too. How you put them feet on them when they go down, you know? <laughs> the way you talk to L.A. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My grandmother's the truth, man. Yo, that's crazy. And, and so did you guys all live together, your mama? Yeah, my mm -hmm. mother and my grandmother, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? And, and and my father, like, at first it was just, like, my sister and my brother. It was three of us, mm -hmm. you know, from my mother. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we all we all stayed together. Did you go visit your father at certain like, weekends like, like she did too, or how'd you guys kind of? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes we would fool with him on the weekends, you know. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't like, you know, mm -hmm. you know, it was when, whenever, you know. It, it did, did it, did it, now at that age, right, did it really... Because your grandmother filled that gap, did it really matter if you saw him at that age? Like, was it, you know, because some kids, they want to see their daddy, you know, like, to you, how was it? Did I you mean, become disconnected? Was there a gap from when you haven't seen him in a long time, you know what I mean, that made you, that put you into that mental space, if you was in that mental space? I mean, we wanted to see him, you know what I'm saying? We was always happy to see him, you know what I'm saying? But I know my brother and my sister, they weren't as happy as I was to see him. You know what I'm saying? So, like, sometime when we got over there, they be ready to go. Like, I'm ready to go home now. <laughs> <laughs> Enough of this. They got that face, right? Yeah. Yeah. You just got here, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? They ready to go. You know what I mean? They get a stomach ache, whatever. My stomach hurt. I want to go home. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, 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 that's it. so, so tell us. So, now you're you growing up. Um, were you outside? Were you active at a young age, teenager? You know, what were you doing? Oh, man. Uh, yeah. I mean, the neighborhood is just different because, like, 
the house was 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 right. I mean, you know what I'm saying? We didn't have a, a gang of money either, you know, but we didn't go to bed hungry. You mm. know what I'm saying? But like when you go outside and you see the casters hustling or whatever and they got these knots and you know what I mean, they they uh pulling over the donut truck and you know, hey, what y'all want? Get whatever you want. You know what I mean? It's like as 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 a kid, you know, that was attractive. You know, you like, I want I want that. I love my grandmother, I love my mother, mm-hmm. but I didn't see him with them knots and all that kind of stuff <laughs> like that. You know what I mean? So that's what attracted me. I'm like, ooh, you know, I want that. I want to pull the truck over and say, get what you want. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. that's so that's what kind of attracted me to just going going to the dark side. Mm-hmm. You know? at, at what age you started to go on the dark side? Oh man, I think I was like in the fifth grade. Fifth grade. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Right, well, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. What's your first introduction to it? Like, like how how'd you? initially get into the game you know what i mean well like the our elementary school was like that's where where the neighborhood um gang that's where that was like headquarters mm. you know what i'm saying so we had a wall there where you know with the wall all hit up and whatever everybody from the neighborhood and whatever so you know uh, you know as a youngin i mean the the older cats they recognize you know the cats that's, that's with the business, mm. you know what I'm saying? So if you like, if they see something in you, you know, they kind of approach you, you know, mm. and then you you gullible, you young, you don't know. Right. So so they have you on different capers, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> do this, do that, you know what I mean? And then when Using you do the it, yeah, mm. then when you do it, and they, they patting you on the back and, and giving you some bread too, oh yeah, you down, woo, 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 woo. So it like gas you up, you mm-hmm. feel like you did something like great, you mm. know what I mean? Like. And then it just pulls you in deeper and deeper, you know what I mean? And then they tell you, oh, you know, they can't do nothing to you because you're young, you know what I'm saying? It's like, even if you do get twisted, it's like, you you know, they ain't going to do nothing, you know? So, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it, it's it's cold how they do you, you know, as a young one. Yeah. Yeah. Hold on, hold on, champ, because, you know, you, you started at a young age, man. You're talking about, you're talking about in the fifth, fifth grade. grade. <laughs> how, how old were you in the fifth grade? Man, I don't even know, bro. Fifth I grade, just, fifth grade is six, so. You know, like, I just... I just remember like 10, the, uh, about the nine school. About 9 10. You know what I'm saying? That's how I tell what I was doing because I try to think, okay, where was I at school? What was I, you know what I'm saying? Where was I at? And then that's how I'm able to tie in, you know, the time is just from from, from where you was living. Because, you know, how like, sometimes your parents, they move around. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. It depends on, you know, when that bread ain't ain't doing what it's doing, mm-hmm. you, you got to go to plan B. You know? That's what's mm-hmm. important. So, 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 what, now, you also told me earlier that you started smoking at a young age as well. Oh, yeah. Well, that you know, that came from Pops because Pops still smoking. <laughs> yeah, you know I mean, <laughs> he ain't never stopped. You know what I'm saying? He, yo, he's serious about it. So what? So how that happened was when I used to go to Pops' house, like sometimes, <clears throat> you know, he would dip out and I'd be at his house. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And I remember he kept his little weed box under the bed. And I used to watch him how he take the top <laughs> off. Because back then, you know, the weed had seeds and all that in it. So you... Mm-hmm. Lift it to the side, drop the seeds out, and twist it up. You know that was zigzags. There wasn't no blunts or none of that then. So I pulled the zigzags out and and, and just did what I saw him do. You know, mm-hmm. mine wasn't as tight as his, but you know what I mean. It, 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 <laughs> but it was right. Enough. It stayed in there. It was right. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh so that's God. where it all started. You know, and I think that was about I was about twelve. Yeah. yeah. All right, so we will come back to you in a minute, champ. You know what I'm saying? Um. So, uh, Miss Queen Penn, let's get back to, you know, you were in Mississippi, grandparents. Uh, you said about ninth grade now. Mm-hmm. So, what, what happens next now? You ran away, you came back. After that, what happened? Shotgun. She pulled shotgun. the shotgun out. She pulled that shotgun out. <laughs> and I took off running. 
I went to my auntie house and I stayed there until um, I got out of school and mm-hmm. my mother sent for me. And then I came back to California. When you say got out of school, you graduated? I, no, just you know how school is out and then because I went from the ninth grade and then I came back that summer or the ninth. So I'm going to the 10th. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I knew I wasn't going back to Mississippi after disrespecting my grandmother. I knew I wasn't going back because I totally disrespected. I'm the only one that disrespected her ever like that, mm. you know, to that's like a in Mississippi um, black family. That's like a dis- disgrace to the family to to run away. You you just it's just you don't do that. This mm. in the South and you call yourself running away. But because I was originally from California, and what they did in Mississippi, they we didn't do that at my mama's house. Hmm. My mother didn't make me go to church. Right. My grandmother's like, you going to Sunday school? You going to vacation Bible school? And my and at very early age, you know, because we took home economics in school, my grandmother started. I was baking cakes, and the seventh one, she knew I knew how to bake cakes. I had to learn how to cook and everything. So I had like a a day of the week where, you know, I'm in the kitchen with my grandmother and I am had to cook and cut chicken up and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, ooh. Hey, but not to cut you off, her grandmother gave her a hands game too. Because like her and, and one of her cousins, which was a, a, a boy that was older than her, they was going back and forth. You know how kids mm-hmm. do. You know, they're going back yeah. and forth. So she took them out back. Yeah. And say, y'all handle your business. Yeah. You know, I'm tired of hearing all of this. Yeah. And let him just knuckle up. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And she handled him. Yeah. And she was younger than him and everything, and a girl. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's when she realized she had hands. Yeah, yeah my cousin, he used to always, and we were the same age. Um, he would always think he can whoop me. And um, I don't know, you know, I guess because I had the boys, you know, my brothers, you know, were all boys. I, I had a little squabble, you know. To be, you know, so little. And so um, my cousin, I would always, I would put him in a headlock and hold him. And I say, he always would think he win. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I got you in the headlock. You can't move. <laughs> Just go in and say, I won. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't let him go until, you know, he would say it. But um, I know that anytime in Mississippi, if somebody messed with one of us in the family, we all jumped on you. Mm. And and that was something that my grandma said, you don't let nobody mess with your family. Mm. So that was something my grandmother taught us. Even my grandmother, my grandmother's like, I remember one time my uncle came in the house late and she like hit him in the back of the head with a skillet. <laughs> I'm like, So that was, you know, like, you didn't you didn't call no police then, you know, like the kids now. You get a whooping or a spanking, you know, or you talk back to them, you know, or tell the kids do this, do that. They want to call the police on you, and the police will arrest you. But back then, oh, my mama no. was the same way, cause the mama like I remember one day, her mother got into it with some neighbors. So the mother came back to the house, mm-hmm. got Jamaica. And her brothers. She said, I'm going to whip on the mama. You get the daughter. You get the daughter. And told the brother to, to, get, the, the son. to get the son. And I'm like, mama. Because I, I had just got back from Mississippi. I'm back in California. 
So my mother's getting into it with the neighbors. And my brother then already beat up the daddy. Because my brother could squabble really good. He was like a black belt. And that came from, back in the days, a gang member stole his jacket. Mm-hmm. And when they stole his jacket and he came home without it, my, mo- my mother said, well, your jacket. And my brother told him. And she made him go get that jacket and fight that kid. Same thing. Mm-hmm. And, and my brother was scared. He was like, I'm, um, you know, because this guy is a gang member. My brother wasn't a gang member. So you, he got all this backup. My mother whooped him in front of everybody to he fought that guy. And did he win? Of course he win. He became the king of the neighborhood then because everybody was scared of my brother at that time. Cause, but before, he wasn't no fighter. But my mother is like, uh-uh. No. And so when y'all went to uh, squabble with the with the people, did you put the beats on somebody? Like, what, what, oh yeah, well, I I can remember um, <laughs> my 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 best friend brother got into it with um, my cousin, and even though that was my best friend, I couldn't let him, you know, jump on my cousin, the cousin that I would have the fight with. And so it was like probably six or seven of us, my cousins, that jumped on one person. And so, um, yeah. That's where it started, mm. Mississippi. So now you're back in L.A. What's going on next? You're back in L.A. Now you're going into the 10th grade. Mm-hmm. So now you go to the 10th grade. What's happening? When do things start to pick up for you? Is it in the 10th grade or like when you get to So the- when I get back from Mississippi and it's the summer. And so um, it's it's different for me because now I have this different upbringing from what I was, you know, totally different. So I'm more like, well, this is different. So people would come out on the streets and they would hang out and gamble and, you know, getting their hustle on. I didn't see none of that in Mississippi. It was a quiet hustle. You know, like if somebody sold weed or something, because that's what it was then. Uh, you you knew who the weed went, man was in Mississippi, but you didn't. Um, it wasn't out in the open. You come back to California, everything is like in the open. So I remember um, I would come to the balcony and look down, and I would see my brother gambling with you know guys, and I'm talking about like twenty guys like in the neighborhood. And so this one particular guy, he would come. His name was Daff, and he would just come and. Um, jump out of his car and just, you know, have his money flipped in his hand. He was like, I'm like, wow, you know, he's like a cool cat. You know, he got all this money. And I'm just watching. I'm just watching. And this went on for a while. And then um, I would ask my brother about him. But um, I ended up um, messing with Daph. And Daph became, you know, my boyfriend. And he was the man. He would take me shopping and. You know, kick me down, buy me nice gifts and stuff like that. But everybody in the neighborhood knew that Daph was the man, and I was going for the top man with the money. Mm. So, so hold on, that 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 was that was <laughs> a plan. <laughs> well, I just know that I didn't want you know the ones that was losing. I wanted the winner. <laughs> so I mean, what, what what was his background? Because when I, I see pictures of him, he, mm-hmm. he you know I saw a picture of him online, and um. Is he black as well? Mm-hmm. Daff is black. I think um, 
His mother may have had Indian in him, mm-hmm. but um, his birth certificate says African American. Okay. <laughs> so now you 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 with you with Daff and mm-hmm. and you what what grade are you in when you get with him? I'm um, getting ready to go to the tenth grade. Okay. So, so I'm like probably about um, like fourteen. Maybe? I'm fifteen. And that's when you start and you you were running track as well. Yes, I was running track. And they said you said that your your goal was to go into the Olympics. Yes, I I mm-hmm. loved running, and so I wanted to uh, be. Uh, my plan was to be in the nineteen eighty four Olympics. Mm. And so, um, Daff used to always come to my school, and and bet on you know the runners. And um, I didn't know he was betting on me. But um, later on, that's I found out he was betting on me. And were you? Are you? You think you still could run fast? Well, I think um, I think I can run fast. Mm. I think I'm still good. You I'm, think Chad? I don't. I hey. don't. I don't think I'm. Um, yeah, I'm still very athletic. Hey, I work still out. She the okay. record at Hamilton High School. Yeah. Her record still stands. Yeah, wow. really. She's she, yeah. she, she's a record breaker. Yeah, mm. she was breaking records out there, man. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Really? Still. Yeah, we 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 went recently went and visit Hamilton, my school that I graduated from, and my they was a little dusty, but they were trophies, <laughs> yeah, ribbons, ribbons and, and yeah. stuff are still up That's there. Official. Yeah. yeah, it's official. So she she actually trained with the with the men with the yes. boys like she didn't yeah. they didn't her coach they didn't even have her running yeah. with the females they had her running with the guys yeah. because mm-hmm. that's how fast she was so they needed you know what i mean and that started in mississippi too because in front of my grandmother's house you know that was one of the games we played you know running against the boys in front of the house mm-hmm. and i would always win i've always been a runner and i still work out and you know that's what's up yeah I just run track too a little bit, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, High school, me too, me too, two, two years, you know. Yeah, I, ran the <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I did pin relays, you know what I'm saying? Went out there a little bit. You were fast? No, mm. but I got, you know, I got, I got a few trophies, you know. Oh. Second place, third place, <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, now you with Daff, and at the time, you know, he's the top guy in the neighborhood, and and, and the neighborhood that you grew up in in L.A. was what again? When you say the, t- the top guy in the neighborhood, are you talking about the? Because when we say neighborhood here, it's like north side, south side, you know, or like the particular block. Okay, well, I stayed on in, on the west side west in L.A. Side. L.A. was like west west side, mm-hmm. and so Daft didn't actually stay in my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. He used to come from his neighborhood, which was another section on the west side, mm-hmm. and um, everybody knew him because. It's like um, in L.A., you have certain spots that you would hit that you know it, it was gambling going there. Certain streets were hot. Mm-hmm. So Daff was, that was he was known for gambling and hustling because back then it used to be like um, three-car modeling. Mm-hmm. And um, what do they call it when you shoot the dice? Craps. Craps. So, you know, you can, no matter where you at, you know, I used you could pull up and just start a crap game, and people just start coming out. Mm. You know, like you it's you on the block. Right. Mm. I have a question, Champ. What age did you meet Jamaica? Uh man. Okay, where was I? Man, it had to be like nineteen eighty three. 
Yeah, early, early Yeah, 1983. 80s. Early 80s. Yeah. Yeah. And you were how old then? There you go, man. We, Champ ain't good with so numbers like that. Yeah, yeah. See how you do? I told yeah. you, man, I go by, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. The grade and where I was. He had to be, he had to <laughs> be about 20, about 19 or 20. <laughs> I just want to make sure, okay, all right. Yeah. He was about 19 or 20. Because yeah, I'm a year younger. older than him. Got you. But actually, actually, I knew Daph first. Yeah. Because uh, Daph was the man. So mm -hmm. it was like everybody that was doing whatever they was doing, you knew that. So Jamaica was like, we just knew Jamaica as Daph's wife. Oh. You see mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And that's all it was. That's why I'm saying, like, coming up, I didn't, I didn't you know, it, it was nothing. Because, you know, anytime, like, say, uh, you know, somebody's girl or whatever, whatever, then that's just what it is. Mm -hmm. And then back then, she was a cut up anyway. So it wasn't like, you know, you wasn't looking at her like that. I don't think nobody was because she was something else, man. This, this. She wasn't yeah. who, who she is now. You know mm. what I'm saying? She was she was something else. Yeah, it was it was like no me um even though we knew each other, it was like, Hey, how you doing? You know, What's that's up? that's what you know, like that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Let me ask you a question, because I always hear, you know, stories about that from her. What do you remember him being as? I mean, he was just a good dude, man. Okay. Who do you know that that goes and gambles, mm -hmm. takes everybody's money, and then loan it back to him? Mm, so what? they can keep gambling. That's Daph, homie. Daph yeah. was, he was a different animal, man. You know, different animal. Great dude. Mm. Everybody loved him. You know. So you one of those dudes that light up the room when he when he comes. Yeah. When he come you by. know, just a good dude. You know what I'm saying? Just a hustler, but a good dude. You know, not grimy. You know, just, just a pure heart. You know, mm. just you know. But Jamaica was the grimy one back then. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, whoa. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 You you asked for this interview now he giving it to you raw baby he giving it to me raw yeah. oh she was grimy oh man she did not play man but before but but, but why you with okay but she's with uh uh dad yeah. at a young age like as far as like fifteen and then when things started to pick up with you and him well let me I don't I don't know if I I should say this but I'm gonna say it anyway mm. back then. Um, I was 15, but I felt I was a mature 15. Mm -hmm. So I was 15, but I acted like I was probably 20. I was more grown than what uh, my age was because my mother used to travel a lot because she was in the Air Force. So she would go out of town and leave me to to take care of my little brother. Baby. Baby, Baby brother. Baby Medea, mm. you know what I'm saying? So, so the same controlling spirit and the controlling ways of her grandmother, she had mm -hmm, with, a, with a 10 on it. Mm -hmm. And that's how she carried it, like, in the streets at a young age. You see what I'm saying? So it was like, you know, it, it was crazy because it's like 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 how you know how Daph would do this or do that or even give somebody cons consignment with mm -hmm. weed or whatever. She, uh-uh. Mm -hmm. No, 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 no. No consignment. Did he give you the money? Uh-uh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? She was, she was something yeah. else, bro. So my um, so Daph was actually five years older than me. Mm. 
But um, back then, you didn't trip on the age. I didn't even see what the age difference was, even though, because he was out of high school. Hold on, before we get to that, you know, uh, how'd you guys get together? Because you didn't see that part. So one day, um, I was walking home from school, but because I, I would always see him on the block, right. so he knew who I was. I knew who he, who he was. So one of my friends, um, he had took her to the Michael Jackson concert, hmm. and so um, she was telling us how you know he didn't try to hit on me. He was just you know he liked her, but he was more about his money. He wasn't he wasn't he didn't have no girlfriend. So he was just he would just take her to the concert and spent all the money, bought her all the T-shirts, the books, and everything. And I was I, I kept on saying, "Wow, this guy is he got money, you know." <laughs> and so um, I'm walking home from school with another one of my friends. <laughs> he got money. <laughs> so um, he pulls up in his low rider and he lays it in the middle of the street. And he said, you guys want to ride home? And he knows us from the neighborhood. Right. And so then we was like, yeah. We finna ride in his low rider. Mm. And so um, he takes us, um, he take me and drop my girlfriend off, and then he took me to the mall. Mm. After that, it was, it was on after that. It was on after that. He didn't even ask me to be his girlfriend. I just said, you my boyfriend. Mm. Now, is it because, like, <laughs> that's crazy. Is it because, like, in Mississippi, things were, you know, it was tough? Do you think that you sort of um, inherit inherit the toughness from, like, Medea and stuff like that, like, the strictness and, and become solid at a, at a young age? Do you feel like being over there is what really molded you to be as tough as you are? Oh, definitely. I mm. think my toughness definitely came from my grandmother. And, and and my mother, because my mother got it from my grandmother. Right. So I got it from my mother and my grandmother. But my mother was just moved with it. My grandmother was like, mm-mm. I ain't playing. <laughs> Somebody hit you, you hit them back. Mm. So now you and him together, you're making moves. And at the time, so he he's selling weed at this time. Mm-hmm. And... Now he's selling weed. He starts to teach you what's going on or how it goes, or you just basically catch on by being around him a lot. Well, I would see what was going on. Um, and so I told Daph one day, I said, you know, teach me the game. So I would take, you know, um, bags of weed to school and sell it, you know, to people that I knew that smoked weed at school, and that's where it started with me. And I would give him the money because he he actually was taking care of me, you know. And not only just that, you know, because he, my mother, you know, when she was home, my mother cooked dinner every single day, still to this day. Wow. She still cooked dinner every single day. Nobody's at home with her. She still cooked dinner. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and even, you know, we would go by there and eat, you know, her food every day, you know. So um, Daph would give my mother money, too. Yeah, he always gave my mother money, you know, especially when he win. And I never forget um, one day Daph lost, and he came home and he said, he said, Mom, how much money you got? 
And so then she, whatever she had, she gave it to him. And he, he left that night, and he came back home with a wad of money, and he kicked her down. And this goes on, and then um, he's making, moving, and shaking. At that age, do you remember at that age when he was into the weed, do you remember anybody not liking him or any haters? Like, how did he deal with anybody did he have any haters that he did with? Did he have any issues at the time that you were aware of? When when me and Daph was together, mm-hmm. I never knew anybody to hate him or disrespect him or to not like him or to be jealous of him mm-hmm. very early on. But I think that his overnight success once he started selling cocaine and and um selling it to people in his circle because death you know he was the man from the weed it, they were okay with that but now you you like then elevated your game and he didn't just elevate himself he took his brothers because Daph was just like me. He had four brothers and, and one sister, too. So everybody in his family was in the game. If they wasn't drug dealers, they were pimps. So everybody, you know, only one that worked in his house was um, his his mother and his sister. But all his brothers were either drug dealers or pimps. They sold weed, too. And they had a gambling shack in the back of their house. So yeah. they was all gamblers, too. But that weed was slow money. You know what I'm saying? So Joker can handle that. They can handle that slow money, but they can't handle that fast. Mm-hmm. The haters, that, that was just too much. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and really, Daph wasn't even really trying to fool with the with the Yayo at all. Mm-hmm. You know, he was comfortable. But this one here, you know what I'm saying? Let's get rich. Let's get rich. Mm. So you that, know, she's the one introduced him yeah. to the white. Yeah. You know what I mean? Let's go. Yeah. Let's get it. And 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 how and how did you because in the story, they said it, it was a person that... Um, well, Daph got arrested. Mm-hmm. And um, when he got arrested, um, the bail's bondsman that bailed him out um, pulled up in a Rolls Royce, money green Rolls Royce. And so then I was like... And he's, you know, like an older man. So I'm like, you know, chopping it up with him and everything. And, and then he invited me, you know, to meet with him. But all along... He um, he wouldn't invite me to lunch, and I said I want to work for you. But I didn't. I'm thinking I'm gonna work for him as a bells bondsman. No, he wants to teach me how to do that cocaine. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know what cocaine was. I'm a li- I'm still you know in high school, and so um, you know he rented a room and everything, and he showed me how to use a triple beam scale and everything, and weigh everything out and put it in the um, papers the um wrap the cocaine up and weigh it and everything in paper and then I came home and I showed Daph what he taught me and Daph was like um I'm not I'm, I'm Jamaica that's some serious time I'm like I don't care I want to be rich let's just see what it do and so that night we sold all the cocaine that the guy gave me it was a lot of money then we bought some more, and then like probably, probably in a couple of weeks, 
because Daft Brother, one of Daft Brothers, was he he got a job at McDonald's, Mark. And so Mark, when he was working at McDonald's, when you go through the drive-through, you're not just getting McDonald's. Mm. Now you're buying cocaine. And then Mark did that for a little bit, and then he quit. And then we had both we had crack houses next door to each other. Like within months. It was like so crazy because it was my first apartment and it was Dad's brother's first apartment and we stayed next door to each other. Yeah, and it was all powder first. This was before Joe was even rocking before it up. crack. It was, and, and you was just getting powder. You know what I mean? So it was like crazy. So so you you you, you you convince <laughs> Daph to sell cocaine. Powder cocaine, yes. Yeah, powder. You convinced him. Mm-hmm. And then once Daph seen that we was making money, then we brought his brother in that yeah, stayed next got, door yeah. to us. Because and then he started making money. Because mm-hmm, he was so selling like, McDonald's drive-thru as well. And he, then he's, yeah. Yeah. And then, like, like I'm talking about like months. Like, let's just say six months. Mm. You know, Daph bought me a Mercedes. His brother got a new Corvette. And we're kind of like in the hood, you know, doing good. Mm-hmm. Was there any more people on that was that was doing what y'all was doing besides uh, you, Daph, and his brother? Well, what I can remember for a long time, it was just you know Daph and us. Because Daph and his brother became, you know, teams, you know, after a while. Mm-hmm. Because shortly, like probably after a year or so, I get pregnant. So the brother and, and, and Daph, like when Daph sell out, they come to the front house. When Mark sell out, they come to the back house. But everybody, for some reason, said Daph, they, they had good dope back then. You know, it was like uncut. You know, because people were snorting in. But let me ask you a question. And I, I don't expect you to say anything too crazy, but let's 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 slow down, but speed it up. Let me close this a little bit. Oh, it's going, going down, down up in here, yeah. all the way down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't playing around. I heard you a tough one. Um, so I'm trying to figure out the bail bondsman give you something. You sell out. Does the bail bondsman remain your connect, or you find another connect? The bail sponsor remains my connect for a while. But after, you know, we blew up, you know, and you out and around, you know, people seek you out. Oh, so that's true. So, you yeah, know, I heard so, that you, so they do seek you out. Oh, definitely. You know, okay. and then you just like the bail bondsman didn't know who I was, but he would take me out to lunch, you know, to get because I'm like, I would tell Daph, I said, this man got money. Let me go out with him and see what's going on. Right. You know. And, and and come here it is, so the same thing happened, you know, like with the Colombians, you know, they seek you out, they because it's it be word on the street. You know what happened with with that? <laughs> the other connect was she went in a furniture store. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? And you know, they owned the furniture store. So when she went in the furniture store, back to the knots, and pulled them things out and start buying up everything, they like, hmm. You see what I'm saying? So they like, you know, they already know she's active, mm-hmm. you know, and she's getting money and she got a word. You see what I'm saying? They not they they don't want the dope. They want somebody to move the dope. Mm-hmm. They got the dope. They need somebody to move it. So they recognize that, you know, she was getting paper. 
a lot of paper. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And they like approached her, you know, low key. And that and that ended up being the other plug. And then she already knew where she was paying the other cat. So now her wheels is turning. You see what I'm saying? So they come with one number, she comes with one underneath mm-hmm. it. You see what I'm saying? And and they, they go for it. And then mm-hmm. that's how she ended up with a direct line to the Columbia. Mm-hmm. And did that, that that throws the Bills bondsman out of business though. No, he still was in business. Because oh, I wasn't, I was his number one client. And I was the only woman that was his client. But he still had men that he did business with. Got it. You know, but it. he tried to, you know, probably suppress me, you know, because when I told him what they're giving it to me for, you know, in my mind, I'm like, this joker, he making more money off of me. So, you know, <laughs> you know. If, if the Colombians giving me at this price, why are you not giving them at this price? And what was his reason? Because I know you're a boisterous lady. Oh, you know. Um, you know, um, well, um, I don't know if I can beat that, you know. I'm like, okay, well, I'm going with them. That's what's up. He didn't feel no way. Well, come on. <laughs> so at this time, at, at, at this time, what, what, what year is this? Even? This is like... 1983. At this time, what are you 1983. doing? 1983. He doing the same thing. Yeah, but, <laughs> but like we were still fooling with the weed. You know what I'm saying? Because the the, the yeah, well, that was that was a rich man's high. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We we and we on the east side. She on the west side. The west side it was money. The east side, yeah, not so much. We on the other side of the tracks. So you know the money ain't you know like that yet. You know, but as time went on, it's coming, and it started, you know, blowing up like that. Then we we ended up dabbling too. But what happened with us? Ah, I guess I'll tell you that. It's a different story because we were still like hustling as far as like stealing cars, you know, all of that. It it was nothing that we wasn't doing to get money because mm-hmm. at that time you felt like whatever you was doing to get money was right, even though it was wrong in your mind. If you was getting money, it was right. So we stole a car, and the car, me and my cousin, and the car had, like, three birds in it. We didn't even know what it was because it was, like, bricks, like slabs. I mean, we heard about cocaine, and it was powder, but we never really seen it, so we didn't know what it was. But when we stole the car, we always used to empty the cars out before we drop them off because we had a little hookup with the with the uh, body shops. Mm. So they would give you a list of cars that they needed to color everything. <laughs> so, like, when a car get mm. cracked or something, they didn't even have to paint it. We'll go get the right color. You know what I'm saying? That's like they um, switch the parts, rub that thing that? out. It's, it's brand new. Minnesota Society, they, they did, like, the same kind of drink. Yeah. So, a, yeah. yeah, so when we got the car, we, we would go through the car before we dropped it off. And, and so we pulled the things out, and we didn't know what it was. We looked at it. What is it? Drywall? I don't know. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? So we took it to a, a, one of our uncles. So the uncle kept it, and, and, and he told it what it was. So we like, whatever. We still wasn't impressed. It's like, well, can you sell it? You know somebody want it. Mm. And we forgot all about it. So he's calling, because this was before, like, um, um, we had pagers and all of that. You mm. know, so he's calling my mama's house. You know, hey, Uncle Connie, you said to call him. Like, hey, okay, whatever. So we end up going over there, and uh, he says he sold them. And we said, oh, okay, cool. You know, what'd you get? He said 45. So in our mind, we're like, oh, okay, 45 in it, okay. Um, shoot, me and my cousin took the car. <laughs> you know, we chop it to four. I take 2,000, you take 2,000, and we give you 500. So he goes back in the room, 
comes back out and dumps the money on the coffee table. That's when people used to have coffee tables. <laughs> dumps it on the coffee table. You know what I mean? And we see all that bread, he got 45000 oh. mm. a piece. Exactly. Oh man. Exactly. So at Hold that time, that now man. we done. He just blew our head back. We done now. It's like, it's like, we got to get some more of that. You, you remember that day, champ? Vivid what? Mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. I had never seen that much life changing. I never <laughs> seen that. So you you take a joker that ain't you know you know where we came from. So you ain't never seen nothing like that. So he dumped it. So yeah. So he ended up taking fifteen thousand. You know, and we took the rest. You know, and then we didn't say we had money or nothing. We never said nothing to nobody. We still living at home. Kinda. You know what I'm saying? You know, we had a little whatever, whatever, but you know, we were still playing it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah, that that was life changing. And that's when we really start getting into the to the uh, cocaine. So we like start talking to him, you know, can you get some more, this and that, the other. <laughs> so he ended up getting us some more and and we start getting down. That's how we first start getting down. And like we had a jeweler, and the jeweler, we used to uh, was like the fence. Whenever we stole some jewelry or something, we would take it to him, mm-hmm. and he'd buy it. So, so we pulling up at the jeweler now. Now we got bread, so now mm-hmm. we buying jewelry. So the jeweler's like, you know, what's going on? Well, he's the fence. We can talk to him. <laughs> so we tell him we doing this, that, the other. So he's like, oh really? He give us a number. It's a pager. We didn't know nothing about pagers. So we do the little thing and do, 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 and we, we trying to figure it out and whatever. So we end up paging it. It's a direct line to the Colombians. Mm. So we end up getting some work from them. You know, we got one, and then we did the one, and then we got two. And whatever we buy, they would double, and we just give it to them on the back. You know what I'm saying? They would give you consignment. Next thing you know, we buying like 150 and getting 300. It just went that fast. It seems like it now, but it was probably a little time. But it was it was crazy. Yeah, your story is crazy, bro. So so, so okay, <laughs> hold uh, on, champ, man. Come on, let me uh, put it it's back here. up. Uh-oh. Yeah, I gotta relax. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I ain't gonna put go. it down yet. Again. But I do want to say something. Um, um, when you said, "What did Daff have any enemies, or what did people think about Daff?" Mm-hmm. People also loved Daff because Daff was the fence. Because back then, um, when when um, all the boosters would come to him with everything, and Daff would buy everything they had. Mm. You know, whether it was TVs. Um, VCRs back VCRs. then. VCRs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, clothes, you know, because... You know, people did what they had to do back then, and you know, you, you didn't think it was wrong. Mm-hmm. Then, when I look back now, you know, I was like, "Wow, who would do those things?" When I see the things that people do today that we were doing then before the cameras, crazy, cold piece. And then I remember when we first got our pages, and then. We would see people, and then, you know, your uncles or mamas or the people that was older, like, what you doing with a page? Yeah. You a doctor or something? You know, <laughs> only people had pages was doctors. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So it was, yeah, it was crazy. So what age you got pregnant? I was 19 when I got pregnant. But in, in, in before that, so now you, so so the guy introduced you, you become, you guys are making, making you guys are making moves. Mm-hmm. 
Um, why you started beating up females? Oh, one thing that I don't play is with my man mm. and my money. That's two so, things. Sorry. I'm sorry. Two things. <laughs> I got your back. I got okay. you. <laughs> two things I don't play about is my man mm. and my money. So when death started blowing up bigger, women just would just come out of the woodwork, just wanted to get with him. Women, women, women. So if I just thought of any woman that yeah. one miss one just thinking about him just trying to get with him i'm knocking at your door i'm gonna scrap with you Jeez, gee, come on, don't mess with my man mm-hmm. you know and i and i just felt man. at that time you know we had a level where we're making money I, and i'm like ain't no woman finna get none of my money mm. that's my money we earn that together so what you, happened in the club that so, night yeah, yeah. it was a situation that you you you, you uh you had a, a squabble. That's what, you, that's what that's the word you used. I had a fruit, a few squabbles. So you had yes. a squabble in the club mm-hmm. with the, with a young lady over, over my your, sister-in-law. Your sister-in-law. Mm-hmm. Bring it back to that day. Sister-in-law. Yeah, my sister-in-law was trying to. Um, wait, wait, hold on. Whose sister is that? She was married to Daft's brother. Oh. And so, because I was so, um, Daft family loved me. But at the same time, they hated me because they said that I was too controlling and, you know, they they say I would try to just... <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at his face. Let me, let me, let me shed a little light. <laughs> Let's go, Chet. It's my now, right here, boy. Now, Jamaica, like I said, mm-hmm. you know, my dear. Mm. So what Daph did, he took care of everybody. Yeah. So, like, he used to pay rent. The rent, the house, no, whatever, at his at his mother's place. Because of the gambling shack. And, and and he didn't live there. So Jamaica's like, well, what are you paying that for? You don't even live there. You see what I'm saying? So that's where all of that stuff started with the family because she was she was regulating that bread. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was nothing that was just yeah. going. Like the how he was free like, with it, she wasn't like that. Yeah, the mother didn't like that. She didn't, And so they didn't like that she was controlling you know where he was like free with it, she wasn't. So I was just, you know? I was just, yeah, I would fight deaf brothers. Mm. Really? Oh yeah. Fist fights or just arguments? Totally squabbling up, <laughs> running up on you. I like the squabble, that's not good. Yes. Wow. Because they, because um, one of deaf brothers, even when I was pregnant, you know, I was still picking up money and stuff, and I would, you know, be like, you know, deaf may, you know, give you your, your, your. Um, your stash, but you're gonna give me my money. So Daph would send me to get the money, and they'd be like, they don't have it or whatever. And I'm like pregnant, and I would like kind of like just go off on them. And so one of Daph's brothers, um, after I had the babies, he he, after I had my son, he was like, um, you were a total b i t c h. But he said something else, you know. Then I just don't talk like that no more. But he said, I'm I'm so glad you had that baby because they said I was so crazy with, you know, collecting the money and stuff and pregnant so they wouldn't mess with me pregnant because, you know, I, I fought pregnant. I would oh, fight pregnant. Right. I actually had a fight while I was like nine months pregnant. Over parking space. 
It's like my mom. <laughs> she used to be fucking with fucking sponsors. Yeah. And, and then with her, she didn't let stuff go. So, like, <laughs> and, and it didn't even have to be real stuff. Like, if she heard yeah. somebody was fooling or trying to fool with that or whatever, it didn't even have to be real if, if I heard mm-hmm. it. It's just like when she came out, she didn't, she wasn't really no clubber. Like, we stayed in the club. So when she came to the club, it was for a reason. Yeah, I'm looking for somebody. You see what I'm saying? So when you see her coming to the club, you're like, come on, Jay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, not tonight. Oh, no, 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 I'm cool. A couple minutes later, I'm it's squabble. going down. Do, 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 do. She putting hands and feet on yeah. somebody because of something she heard <laughs> or, or something that she thought or whatever. And then it, was, it didn't end then because with her, it's like every time I see you, this is what you're mm-hmm. going to get. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So so yeah, you gonna know who I am. So the Every sister-in-law time. that night, you went, went to go see her that night at the club. Yeah, she that, was, that was friends with um, Muhammad Ali, mm. and so because um, she Tammy was like, she had a, a credit business, and um, she had a lot of you know celebrity clients, and she was friends with celebrities. I didn't know celebrities back then, and so um, I thought that she was introducing Daph to somebody else because, you know, like you can hear like little rumors in the family, like, oh, you know, she this, she that, or whatever. You can just, like when I would pull up to the house, I can hear them whispering as I'm coming about me. But they had to put up with me because I had what they wanted. We had, we was the connection. So um, I just went in the club and you know squabbled with her. But why did she say Red Fox daughter? Where did that come from? Like it's like you just how did so you? Cause I, I, that was one of my questions. Like how do you know that she was trying to hook somebody up? Like where did that whole rumor come from? Or she just was freestyling in that joint? I don't even know. We got to get her. Oh, we got to get her. <laughs> Tell me she was freestyling. <laughs> Let her have it. Mm-mm. She probably heard. You see what I'm saying? And that's what I'm talking about. It didn't have to be no, you know what I'm saying, gospel. She could hear of something, like, or, or get wind of something, like, okay, uh, Tammy was over here, and Red Fox's daughter was over there, yeah. and Daph was over there. And she was real or, close to her. Or somebody was sitting in Daph's car. Yeah. You couldn't sit in this car oh, yeah. if you was a female. If, I, you know what I mean? I pulled up one day, and this girl was sitting in his lowrider. Mm. I'm like, it wasn't nice. Jeez, I'm, not even a, I'm doing that, bro. Yo, it's crazy. So, wait, wait. Do you remember the first time you put hands on somebody for Daph? Oh, yeah. Can you bring us back to that day? Where were you guys? The first person that you had to put the beats on? Um, we was at Burger King. <laughs> we was at Burger King because every, every Sunday, every <laughs> Sunday, the, uh, the lowriders come together and, you know, they ride on Sunday. And so this girl um, that liked Daph, that went to high school with me, mm-hmm. and I know she liked Daph because um, Daph used to be good to a lot of ladies in the neighborhood. He would, you know, give them, you know, money or whatever, and everybody everybody wanted him, but I'm the one that got him. Mm-hmm. And so this particular person was talking trash. You know, I heard through the grapevine through other people from my school. So I caught her up at Burger King, and I put hands on her. In the parking lot inside Burger King? What are we doing? The parking lot inside Burger King. I mean, you know, it's like a lot of low riders and cars and stuff like that. And then um, I, I, I I was stumping her. And so she didn't, she still wanted more. What? She didn't give mm. up? 
She didn't give up. Remember, she she came. We because Daph's like, let's get out of here because they gonna call the police or whatever. And he's like, you know, what happened to you? I was like, I just seen red. And so then, um, when he was, he took me home and everything. And so the the fight continued. Came back to my neighborhood. So I went in the house, you know, and told my mama what happened and everything. And the girl came, like, on my block. And my mother was like, you get out there and you squabble with her. (laughs) For real. Stop that, man. (laughs) Gee, chill, bro. So uh, it's just, you know, a a combination of things that build up in me as a little girl. And and you, it, it don't necessary mean that the things that my parents taught us are we seen that they was wrong they didn't know either I think it was I think it was with my grandmother I know it was like don't let nobody disrespect you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you see what I'm saying and I think right. that's what they really pushed the line on mm-hmm. you know if somebody disrespect you you know what I'm saying you know what yeah. you gotta do Teach learn them some respect. And if somebody mm. pushing up on your man, that's disrespect. <laughs> you know, you're so fascinated with that. Somebody, somebody was pushing up on him. Man. Stop, man. You yeah. sure you didn't overreact? Oh, no, I didn't overreact. You know, a woman has an instinct, even as a little girl, I had an instinct about things, mm. you know. So I, I follow my instinct. What, what, what was your, your, your go-to move? Tell us your move. I'm trying to picture it. I'm close my eyes. What was your go-to move, your signature move, or how you got him? Punch in the face, stomach, a trip. What was it? Oh, definitely. You know, you want to go for that face. Mm. You know, straight to the face. And then I just, I like that headlock. I love to put somebody in there. <laughs> Why? I don't know because, you know, you, get, that them in that, you get them in that headlock you and you just reel on that head. Mm. And then you just got them. <laughs> you know, you going to pat out or what? They can't get out the headlock? They can't get out that headlock. Mm. It's like, for me back then, it was like, that I think the anger that from getting evicted and, you know, my parents not being together, you never, you, you don't, how do you get over that? Mm. It's just suppressed and build up inside you. And so when somebody push you to a certain level, you just, all that anger and frustration, you take it out on them and you don't even know. Right. Yeah, she was looking for a reason. Mm-hmm. That's all. You know what I mean? That's all. To go there. And, mm-hmm. and, and, you know what I mean? It's like a lot of people's like that. You know, when you have different issues that haven't been dealt with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's Eternal. still bottled up in there. You Eternal. think it's, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and it just happens. You mm-hmm. just you just snap. You just go there. You know? So, like, what? Um, at what age did you think you realized that you were doing these things because of how you grew up? The fiction notice. Like, you know, at what age did you kind of understand, okay, I'm, I'm out here wilding because of this? Or, or did you, you know, you know? Um, to be totally honest, um, I didn't realize that until after I went to prison mm. and came home and actually sit down with a therapist and to deal with those issues right. of my childhood because in order for me to, to minister or evangelize or to teach someone else, I had to deal with my inside issues first. So I had to get all of that out of me in order to minister and to tell other people my story to know that if I can get through it into it and be who I am today, you can too. And change is, you can change. 
you know, God gave me a second chance to, right. to get it right before I transpired to the other side. I got it right today. <laughs> <laughs> so you beating everybody up. You don't want nobody talking to him. But now why Champ talking about me? Champ was a little squabbler too. They mm. called him Champ oh, for a I reason. Mean the name, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Champ, let's go. How you got the name Champ? <laughs> I don't know what she's talking about. You know. <laughs> he pleaded the fifth on you know, that Champ, one. My grandfather, my grandfather, they used to call him Champ. So I was like young Champ or Lil Champ or whatever because I was always with him. And like he would go to the pool hall. He was cold with that pool game. You know, bet and do his thing, and then mm -hmm. I got to go to the liquor store and get the the crush sodas and whatever, all that good stuff, you know. And he worked for the city, so he used to ride one of them yellow trucks with the hard hat, and I used to be in the truck with him, you know. So that's really originally where it came from was him, because they used to call him Champ, you know. Mm -hmm. So that's where. But it, but when when, when Jamaica say that you was a squabbler, what what were you doing? Mm -hmm. Well, I never started anything. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, I never started anything. See, me and her situation was different. She used to kick it off. <laughs> she used to start it. I used to finish it. So it was it was a difference. You know what I mean? And I think because I wasn't the biggest cat in the neighborhood, a lot of times, you know how that is. With suckers, they try to take off on the little guy. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Not knowing that the little guy is with it. <laughs> and you were with it. Absolutely. So, but but so, because I had a little chip on my shoulder too, you know. What I mean? And what was your chip? Well, I mean, we basically came out the same way with the same little issues as far as like you know, you, the the coming from a broken home and whatever, mm -hmm. you know. So all of that stuff is still in there because, you know, we didn't go to therapists, we didn't deal with all that, you know. And then you you got a little the little man stuff going on too that you don't address, you know. So all of that is is in there. You Can know. I ask y'all a question? Is both of y'all? Did any one of your family members end up on end up on drugs? Yes, my brother did. Um, he, but his wasn't crack. His was PCP. Oh. And um, he was doing drugs before I even became a drug dealer. Tony, my brother, he was um, five years older than me. He was actually the same age as Dad, and so he used to get high. Yeah. Yeah. And then one of my guys that I just looked up to yeah. that I idolized, you know what I'm saying? He used to have them new Cadillacs and you know, he was the man. He was he was much older than we were. And uh one day I was getting some gas in the gas station, man, and he pulled up and was trying to clean my windows, man. Mm -hmm. He was done. He didn't even look like himself. And I I could just vaguely recognize him like in here a little bit cuz he was all shriveled up and just done, dusty. You know what I mean? So he's trying to clean my windows. I'm look, I said you know, so I hollered at him, man, no, nah, man, get in the car, man. Man, what happened, man? You know, I was like, you know, because that's the first time I saw somebody that I knew that was like this, like that. Mm -hmm. You know, that was my first experience actually seeing what the cocaine was doing to the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So when I seen him, I said, man, what happened, man? You know, I needed to know, you know, what happened? And then he said, you know, he was fooling with this female and, you know, the female w was getting down and, and she talked him into it. You know, and, and he said he'd been chasing that thing ever since, that first high that he got. So I was like, man, what was it like? You know, he said it was like sex, but better. So by him telling me that and me seeing what it did to him, that's why I never had no problems with it. Because if it was better than sex, I didn't want to know nothing about it. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because, I mean, look what it did to him. So what make you think that you're going to handle it? You know, it was some people 
that was that was functional. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of the jokers that were selling it was on it. You know what I'm saying? And 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 they was able to do it. Just like some people can have a drink or two and be good. And some jokers are gonna drink themselves to death. Mm-hmm. And that stuff was the same thing. He was smoking himself to death. So I put him in, in the car, went and got him a room, got him cleaned up, and at this time I had a clothing store. So you know what I'm saying? I took him to the store and, and got him some gear and everything else. And one thing about a smoker, he knows how to cook. He knows how to bring that thing back. (laughs) He's not going to waste no dope or burn up no dope or nothing. So I start hollering at him to cook, you know, for us. Mm. So then he started cooking up all our dope. And then I turned him on to other people that were selling dope. And he started cooking for all of them. And he came all the way back up. And he got off the dope. Wow. Really? Yeah. Now, see, now, 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 seeing that, seeing that, did, did that, did that affect you guys with with selling it? Like, did you feel like you you, you shouldn't be doing that to your people in your in your in your hood and your your friends and you know people that you're selling to? Did did that make you not want to sell it anymore? Well, at this time, the level that we had gotten to, you didn't really have to see it because mm-hmm. you wasn't curve serving no more. Mm-hmm. Now you was selling the people that was buying the birds, so you you didn't really see it like that because wherever you was doing your business. You weren't going in the neighborhood doing it. You meet a joker where you meet him. Right. And you just see him and his money. So you're not really seeing the effects of your drugs. Got you. You know? But for me. And plus, it, we make excuses, you know what I mean? Yeah. To do what we want to do when we're getting that bread. Mm, you know right, what I'm saying? You get, we blinded. We got them yeah, blinders totally on. Totally blind. Know? But totally. for me, with my brother, um, when I would see him like that, it it would get to me. And um, and he and he'd be like, um, Hey, sis, let me hold some. And I would always, and I would bring him to my mother's house and clean him up because he couldn't, he w- he started living on the streets kind of sort of because mm. he was he was strung out. Mm. But he didn't have to be strung out because every time I seen him, I gave him money, I gave him dope. I just like, you don't have to do that. You know, you can come work for me. He was like, okay, I'm going to get it together, you know. And so I would take him to my mother's house, clean him up and everything. I give him some drugs. And then the next day I come to my mother's house and I'm like, you know, where my money? Where my cut? He smoked the dope. Mm. So I'm like, man, you know, I can't keep on doing this. You know what I'm saying? You, you know, I'm I'm a girl. I'm out here hustling and you can't do it. But it would bother me to see him like that. And even today, because um, I know I sold drugs and I destroyed people's lives from dope. When I see people out there like that, oh, I just start praying because it gets to me. Mm-hmm. You know, when my brother was doing it, I didn't know how to pray. I didn't know, you know, you know, not do what I did. All I knew was the grind was real and I was grinding and I wanted my money at all costs. You know, because one of my other brothers that, you know, was he says, well, sis, can you buy me a car? I'm like, you know, I'm hustling. I give you some stuff to get you some money. So I gave him an ounce. I, I, I wait a week. He don't say nothing. I waited two weeks. I'm like, it, you can get rid of an ounce. You got friends that, you know, do whatever. And so then two weeks went by. I'm like, hey, brother, where my money? He goes, sis, I'm, I'm like, uh-uh, you better give me my money. Mm. And he was like, I ain't got it. 
I said, well, what did you do? He didn't gave the drugs to one of his friends, and his friends then ran off with his money. I'm like, you didn't let somebody run off with your money. But he wasn't no hustler, that brother. He wasn't no hustler. He was. Trying, he said, I just can't do it. I just don't know. I said, I'm on the corner selling, you know, in my feelers. And, that, and that's how Saying I, I got it. Yeah. And you a dude, and you can't do it? But you want to ask a woman for some money? No, get out of here with that. But you just go get a job, and I'll take care of you. That's how I felt about the PCP, though. I couldn't do it. Yeah. Because I seen that. I actually, like, mm -hmm. seen that. I remember they used to get jokers in the neighborhood to test it. Mm. You know? And they would smoke that thing and get butt naked and take off running yeah. down the street. And you and you could actually see them getting high. Like, like say, we kicking it right here like everybody's good. Then all of a sudden, a joker hit that thing, and you see their eyes light up, pulling off their clothes, everything. Hear they feet slapping, running down the street, and when I saw that, yeah, when I saw that, I knew that I couldn't fool with that. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I, I didn't want no parts of it. And then when I smelt it, oh man, and that's some, yeah, that stuff is it's, it's a very distinctive smell. And when you smell it, you'll never forget that smell. I remember one mm -hmm. day we was driving down the street one time, we and smelled we smelled it, it. <laughs> and we was like, we both looked at each other. Is yeah. that PCP? Like. Wow, they I couldn't I couldn't yeah. and that that's another one that you you can really come up like like real quick. Yeah, PCP. PCP. Ooh, what? Man. Chill out, chill out, champ. Don't don't go there, champ. Hold no. on, champ. No, 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 no. I'm just saying. Yeah, you know, that's, on, that's another one of them overnighters. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you know where we at now. Yeah, you know yeah, yeah, that's yeah, an overnighter. Yeah. You know, but you know, but are you trying to do that to somebody? You know what I'm saying? You yeah. got to think about that too. Yeah. So, you know, like like where you at with it? So. Yeah. You you gonna make some money off just killing somebody, huh? Yeah. You you with that? You good with that? I'm not good with that. But you back know? to the original question, we like Champ said, we just was focused on the money. The money was our control. Yeah. We was doing the wrong thing we was doing for the, the wrong, right reason in our mind. In we our thought mind. it was right, we but made wrong excuses. is wrong. Yeah. You know, wrong is wrong. So so you, you get pregnant, mm -hmm. right? And you had a, you said, last thing, you were beating up people. You even had a fight at nine months mm -hmm. old, put people in the headlock. Nine room. months pregnant. Nine months pregnant, excuse me, exit. Not nine months old. Pardon me, pardon me, thank you. Nine months pregnant. Now, and this time you guys still selling birds, as we call it here. Mm -hmm. Cocaine, we call it birds. Cocaine. So, yeah. And when does it change to crack? Probably right after I had my son. Probably right after I had my son. Because we sold powder for a while. And then it went from powder to crack cocaine. Tell us, do you remember that? Do you, who put you on a crack cocaine? Or did was it somebody put Daff on and he came and told you about it? I think then somebody um, came to that with Daff. And um, then Daff... Um, brought my brother in and then they were trying to, you know, learn how to cook. Because back then you would hire people that did the cocaine to come and cook your powder up and to make it into crack. But we eventually all learned how to do it. Um What you mean? You know how to you knew how to cook at one point too? Oh yeah, you have to. You I mean, it's a business. How, a, how how long was the trial and error? Oh no, 
quick. Because <laughs> you can't you can't waste your dope. You That's your you that you. I mean, you don't waste dope. You know, you may waste it maybe a day or so, but you learn how to cook quick because that's your money, that's your job, that's your business, you know, and and, and and for me, when I was in the drug game, I just wanted to be good at it, you know. Um, I didn't know, you know, um, like I heard Joe Osteen say, you, you know, whatever you do, you be good at it, and I was good at being a drug dealer, you yeah, know. The best that you can I do. didn't even realize then that I was a businesswoman. Hmm. I didn't I didn't realize it. I just I just wanted to be good at what I did. And that's one thing that I was good at. So no, you're not gonna waste no dope. That's money. And with the crack cocaine, things started moving much faster. Oh, so much faster. Like skyrocket. I mean it, I, I can't even believe when I look back how many people that I knew that I was around, uh, like, that was in the game, you know. I don't like to mention people's names, 100%. but it was just so many big drug dealers that I became friends with, and they were all men. No women. Mm. So I was a woman able to associate with some of the biggest drug dealers around the world. Because I traveled. I, I said, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to be international. So I was like Chicago, Atlanta, New York, Detroit, St. Louis. You was out here in New York? <laughs> oh, definitely. I don't, I, don't, I don't know if I believe that. Okay, <laughs> don't believe it. <laughs> you don't want to. <laughs> you was out here for real? Oh, definitely. Because see the thing is, um, when you be when you become international, you don't have to touch everybody that you do business with. So, I had a guy in L.A. that ran New York, but it was it was my dope. He couldn't get it to New York if if if, if uh, he made the connection, but the people in New New York didn't know I was the connection. You understand what I'm saying? I see. Yeah. Mm. So you were behind it. You were behind the scenes. Behind the scenes yeah, big of the empire. So real quick, did they treat you any differently? Be you being the only female in, in the game like Absolutely that? Absolutely not. They they treated me like a man. Mm. You know, I was doing what they did. Right. And I I was like one of the only women that can go up in that man's world and talk on their level. It's just now that I'm saved. I don't talk the way I used to talk. Right, right. Of course. It's, it's just totally different. But, you know, it was nothing for me to go up and say, you know, what's up, you know, my nigga? What's up? You know? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> flashback, flashback. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, what's up? You know, I, I mean, I, it was like they knew, mm. you know, because if it was like, if they were out, they would come to me. If I was out and couldn't get my connect, you, you have those connections. But it's only certain people that you vibe with, right. that you trust. I didn't trust everybody. You know, like it, it, was this, um, it was this white boy that came up from selling my drugs. 
And my cousin used to work for me, and he would always come to me and say, I want you to meet this this white boy. And I said, no, that's police. I don't mm. want to meet no white boy. You deal with him. And that white boy became a big drug dealer. And so he knew that he was selling my drugs because he would always go to my cousin and um, and um, say, hook me up with Jamaica. And, and, and I said, uh-uh. But in the, but in the end, even though that white boy made a lot of money, he did become an informant later. So wow. So my instincts was right, mm. you know. And he knew he got his drugs from me, but we ne- he, I never exchanged with well, him. Like 10 years you. later, but he didn't tell on me. Mm. But he told on everybody else, and he was on the news. It was I seen it on the news. When I was in prison, he got busted. Because mm. yeah. I remember everybody started going out of town because you can get so much more out of town. Mm-hmm. But me, I'm cool. I'm gonna stay right here with these cats I done grown up with. I know where their mama stay, they know where my mama, you know, you know, cats you grow up with, you feel a certain kind of way about, you know, like that's your fam. Now, if y'all wanna go out of town and do whatever, do that. I'm gonna get mine right here. I ain't taking no L's. You know what I'm saying? None of that. But that out of town stuff, you just, it just was a whole lot. You know what I'm saying? You get, you know, a little more bread, but I mean, you taking more risk too. Right. And I, I wasn't trying, I was bread. taking enough risk. You know? <laughs> I'm going out of town. But this like, one here, she wanted it all. I was going out of town. Right? You know? Um, I want to say, uh, but I have a question real quick though. The question I have is that there was a story that you told, right? Y'all getting some fresh stuff tonight. Yeah, yeah, you know, well, you know, we clean. Yeah, so we took a, you know, we all clean. We took showers, so we gotta get it, keep it fresh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to keep my lines like my man chair. You got the lines. Um, it said that you shot at Dad. Can you tell me what happened? Um, one Daft didn't come home one night, mm. and so I said uh, I had found a parking ticket in his car, and so I hired an investigator to follow him. So he confirmed that parking ticket was at the same place he was at. So, you know, we was kind of like beefing because, you know, I was on nag mode, you know, and I just felt that he was cheating on me. And so I got up in the middle of the night, went to where that address was, and he wasn't parked in the front. He was parked in the back. Some say go to the back. Went to the back, seen his truck, set that alarm off. He sent her out there to turn that alarm off, and it was on and popping. So when she ran back in the house to get away from me, Daph was coming out the door. And then he, you know, we had a shootout. Hold on. Uh, hold on. Whoa, slow down. <laughs> let me, hold on. Let me pull this down a little bit. Oh, it's down again. Laptop nah. down. Hold on. This is different. Gee, this is you different. had a shootout, both of y'all? We were shooting at each other, me and Dad. And, <laughs> and, and and we weren't trying to hurt each other, but I'm like, he, we just like not, establishing something. Not here. to put out there, but uh, that wasn't the first one. Oh, man. Because <laughs> one time he didn't come home. Another time he didn't come home. And when he walked in the door, 
I just started shooting. Bam. I kind of like just blanked out. Because I'm like, no, you're not going to be married to me and just come home any time of day. And you can't tell me that's, that that um, you working. Because we work together. Mm. We did everything together. But when 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 he started blowing up and the women started coming and 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 different friends that he was becoming friends with that we didn't know together their girlfriends had a friend that they would introduce to dad but I don't know it you know what I'm saying and so here go the women but it took two so I'm gonna get you and I'm gonna get her because both of y'all went in together so, so, but y'all can go and go together, but just leave my money here. So, let me ask a question. So, 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 <laughs> there was no, so you, you're riding around with, 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 with one of them things on you because not well, not riding around, but you have one of them things in there, um, every day. And I'm curious to see that you press the alarm, you come outside, you put the beats on her, he come out. You start busting that up, but not to hurt him, but just to let each other know. Like and he and he busts back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was beefing at that time. Mm-hmm. And when did you get married to him, though? When when, when did you get married? When uh, after I had my son. Okay, you had. At, yeah, after I had my son, we got married. Like, was it what type of wedding was it? Las Vegas. Hmm. Las Vegas wedding. Okay, so now that happened, but you so you you, you that wasn't your first time busting your gun, was it? Mm-mm. Nor the last. <laughs> and the funniest thing, uh, when I I don't know when I when I knew Daff was cheating on me, I said in my mind, I know this is wrong now. I said I'll kill him before I let a woman have him. Because we had built this big empire and we we we're balling out of control. I didn't want to share none of that with nobody. I was greedy. So I actually went, my gun was registered. Mm. I actually went and bought a gun in my name, never been arrested, never been to jail. And so I was, I, I carried a Chanel purse and I kept my gun with me every place I went. But, but. I mean, it is tough though, because now, if, you know, he cheats on you or let's say he leaves you, you say you built an empire. So now, how do y'all work together with him doing that? You know what I'm saying? Still, well, he never, he never left me. No, I'm just saying, if, if he was to leave you, I see, I see where okay. the frustration could mm. come from. You know what I mean? Like if he left or whatever the case is, you guys have this big empire work together with everything. So now, how do you continue the the, the, the business if he's over here? You over here? Well, because well, this is what I said to Daff, and I, I never said this in an interview, but I'm gonna say it to you guys. I said, if you leave me. Then, because see, I'm the one with the connection. Mm. You ain't getting no dope. <laughs> what? <laughs> can't do that, Mr. Mika. Nah, I can't do that, man. Yeah. What's wrong with you? So you can go on and be with them, but me and you made this money together. I, but I got the connection. You don't have the connection to the Colombians. I do. Mm. Mm. She don't play around, man. 
What movie did you watch that made you like this? <laughs> <laughs> what like what? Who's the old cowboy? What's name? Uh, um, 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 John Wayne, one of them. What, what, what made you like this? I don't know. I think it's you know, like I said, not dealing with the angers of you know a little girl. She was serious, that, man. That um, what? Nah, I, try, I just I, I wanted to, to be you. the best at what I wanted to be, you know, and and I didn't know. I was foolish. I was young. Understood. I made. You know, I'm not happy with the things that I did and the mistakes I made. Right. You know, when I look back, I'm like, wow, I'm blessed to be alive because I did some crazy stuff running up on women and, you know, jumping in a man's face and hitting them like, I, I, you, you can't whoop, I can't whoop no man. Hmm. But in my mind, I thought I could. And I just took chances. I took risks. Have you ever got beat up before? Never got beat up before. Never. Ever. Never ever, took it ever. Never took it loss. Ever. Ever Not jumped? No, never got jumped. Because I remember one time I was downtown and I felt somebody was finna rob me. That was the only time I felt that that somebody was finna rob me and I was by myself. And I was going to the jewelry store. And I just when when I when I felt that that person was gonna rob me. I just went in my purse and just started walking with the gun in my hand. Yeah, come on. And I'm saying, come in my mind, I'm talking to myself because I felt this instinct. So I said, I'm just going to pull my gun out and just start walking down the street. I don't care about no police, no nothing. I felt, I didn't feel safe. I felt that he was finna jack me or try to rob me. So praise to God. I never been robbed. I never been jacked. God mm. was covering me in my sin. Mm. And it's a verse in the Bible that says, God would make the crooked way straight. The grass withers, the flowers fade away, but the word of God would stand forever. And, and because when I was a little girl, God planted that word in me through my grandparents. Mm. So whenever, even when I was selling drugs and delivering drugs, it was wrong, but I felt, that I was helping. So I would always say, I would always pray and say, God, give me there safely. Don't let nothing happen to me. I didn't know what I was doing then. I didn't know that God was set me up for purpose for now. Because mm. I would always say, thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. You know, that because people were getting robbed, people were getting jacked. Because even Daph, they tried to jack Daph one time. But death fought him off. They, and here it is. Before he got killed, some of the closest people to him. So, before we get into that, you know, um, you guys had a house. You know, how many homes did you have? Was it one that one big one down the block from Michael Jackson? Yes. And then how many cars did you guys had? Probably about six. Hmm. So. You living good, everything is going good, connects good. We lived in one house, but we had several crack houses. Got you. And nobody knew where you lived. Nobody knew where I lived, but the closest people to us. Okay. And even when I stayed in Encino, not too far from the Jacksons, Jackson stayed down the street from mm -hmm. me, around the corner from me, all of them in Encino. Mm -hmm. We were at that time some of the very few blacks that lived out there. Mm -hmm. My mother never mm -hmm. even came to my house. In Encino, never, until Daph died, until Daph got killed. So we didn't invite people to our house. Mm. You know, we had cameras. We can see 
who's in the house, you know, camera, cameras in the house and outside. So we didn't invite people to our house. So if somebody come in to try to rob or jack Daff, it had to be somebody that knew us. Smart. So bring us to that day. Um, You said that, uh, and I want to know your opinion on it. Um, the story is that he was gambling at a car wash. And um, somebody just came in and, and shot him. Um, do you think that, first I want to know about that day, then I want to ask, do you think that, because you said it earlier, you hinted, but you think it was somebody that might have knew him or that he was aware of to know where he was at, somebody that was, I don't want to say close to him because close to him may be a, a stretch, but somebody that was in his circle, maybe. Don't look at don't look at don't look at Champ. <laughs> she making a, you know because Champ don't like to talk, man. That's my man. We gonna get the Champ. Well, you know, it's just like a lot of people at that time when he got to that level. It was a lot of girls that was trying to get with him, and some of the females had guys. So they was already jealous because he had the bread and everybody loved him. Now your girl is looking at him too. You see what I'm saying? So I think it had a lot to do with with, with jealousy mm-hmm. more than anything. And it was, it was someone close. Well, it was... Someone from his circle, you know what I'm saying? Like, like anytime something like that happens, a lot of times it, it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? In most cases, mm-hmm. you know, because somebody came up there, he was inside gambling. They called him outside. You see what I'm saying? So he went outside, and then when he went outside, that's you know, when he was shot because they didn't shoot him inside; they shot him outside. They shot him outside. Yeah. So what I'm saying is that. And honestly, like, you know, we don't do no telling or talking here, so. No, you won't get that from me. Yeah. Never. I can tell. <laughs> no him neither. No champ. Mm-mm. But honestly speaking, because when I watch and she tell the story, and when you tell the story, it's like, oh. But did the hood know what, what went on? Meaning, like, did people know what happened? I don't think that that people really knew because it was that close. So I think that that it was a lot of different stories that mm-hmm. went around. It was this person, it was that person, it was this person. So, you know, you know how some of that stuff that goes down, it's like, you know, nobody really knew but the people that knew. Got it. Well so. said. That's a well said answer, but I can't let you go like that. <laughs> That's all. So I was, the, I was waiting to see. You. <laughs> that was a good yo. That was that was good, and I'm, I'm I'm gonna respect it. But I just gotta. Uh, all right, did it? Did it ever boil down? Boil down. Like, did it ever, when, when I mean, you know what boiled down, when the water boils down, how close it is. Did it ever boil down where people were able to 
say, oh, okay, I know what's going on. That's all I ask. Did it ever boil down, Chad? Well. Except for the people when, in the circle that knew, but did it ever right. boil down? After after he was killed, the murder rate went way up in L.A. Mm. Way up. I got it. Leave it at that. Got you. I'll leave it at that. All right. The, the, the day, how did you find out what happened? Um, Daph never really... Daph never really leaves um, the house on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And this particular Sunday, he wanted to go uh, gamble. I don't know why. But anyway, I was mad. Because I was like, you know, saying, you don't, you know, why are you even still gambling? It was just something he loved, you know. And um, I said, don't go. And and believe it or not, I got into an argument with him because I'm like a Sunday. You know, we we kicking it. He said, "No, I'm, I'm, I'll be back. I'll be home early." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Whatever, whatever, whatever." And, and that was his getting out the door. But now that I look back, um, it was other things going on that I didn't know about. And um, what do you mean? Well, somebody told me he pulled up to the, in the car wash. The police said he was with a woman when he was at the car wash. So that's what I found out later after he got killed. So I felt like he was trying to get out of the house, you know, to be with a woman. But. Yeah, I think the woman might have set him up. That's what I'm thinking. All right, let's let's, let's, let's. <laughs> So, so you get the call. So the police call you? you... No, no, no. Um, everybody was calling me. Oh. You know, um, it news spread it fast that Daph was killed, and so. But was it on arrival, or like did he go to the hospital? Was it a DOA on arrival? Or yes, you... he died right there. Hmm. A, a bullet. Um, one was to the skull. Straight, it split his skull, skull in half. As a matter of fact. And um, I was in the valley. He was in L.A. So I grabbed my my son and my brother. And I just, I was flying to L.A. And like doing 100 miles an hour going to his mother's house. And um, and everybody, the whole block was like just, you couldn't even get on the block. So I knew he was dead. Because when, because nobody could confirm when they called he was dead. They just said he was shot. But I felt he was dead. I just felt it. And, um, and then, um, as a matter of fact, his body stayed at the car wash for a while until they, you know, the coroners picked him up. And then I was able to identify him, you know, that that was my husband that was dead. Um, one of the worst days of my life. Um, your high school sweetheart, your your friend, your ride or die. Um, your Clyde, you know, I'm his bunny, and we was getting that paper together, and I just, I actually like went into hibernation 
after he got killed because I'm like, Daph, you know, I don't ever remember him going to church. And I didn't go to church when I was with him. So it was me, him, and my son. We was, it was family. It was us, you know, besides, you know, the team, you know. We had we had team that you know people that we trusted you know that didn't turn on us that still was there even after you know you know death got killed you know that I got out the game but I came back in the game because of certain loyalty that I had to the game with certain people that you know said you know you know that took care of things for me that I trusted that Daph trusted because it was people that was in my life that you, you know, you can feel the vibe on good people and bad people and grimy people and scandalous people. And it was people that we, it was some people that was with us that I had a lot of love for. And it was the ones that I didn't feel the trust that I tried to tell Daph they ain't for you. But he didn't listen to me. But I didn't trust them. I didn't like them. It was something about them that I didn't feel. But it was the ones, and those are the newcomers. The ones that was there from the beginning of the grind, they still there to this day. But them new ones that come into your life when they see you coming up and, you know, you making it and, you, you know, they, they get jealous, the new people. But the people that knew you before you had the money, when you was curve serving, they, they still there. Mm. So, so you go into hibernation and, you know, how, how long were you in hibernation for? I don't remember exactly how long, but, you know, probably like six months, you know, maybe nine months. But um, it was my son fell in the pool at our house and my brother was there and um my best friend had moved in with me because I was just out of it and um my brother was saying my son fell in the pool Anthony's in the pool Anthony's in the pool and I heard that and I ran out jumped in the pool grabbed him out mouth to mouth calling 911 ambulance come take him to the hospital he's in the hospital like for five days and so some of, uh, you know, DAF top, top workers, you know, came to the hospital. It was like, Jamaica, we need you. I'm like, what do you mean you need me? You know, you good? You all right? Well, we got family. We got mouths to feed. We need, we need you. Okay. Let me make it happen. I'm back in the game. Mm. Not even a couple of weeks later. I'm back in the game. And when did you cross our path again, though? Jamaica? Yeah. Uh, what was I doing? What was I doing? What was I doing? <laughs> no, actually, 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 not really. Not not really again. I think the next time, the next time I probably really saw you, because cause she was through with the clubs and all that, because, you know, mm -hmm. Daph was gone. That's the only time I really seen her was mm -hmm. like, in the club when she was coming to be somebody now. You know what I mean? So I didn't really see her. And then it wasn't like she wasn't my connect. She had a direct line. I had a direct line. So mm -hmm. there was no reason, yeah. you know what I'm saying, to really it. see her. It. You know, 
that I think the next time I saw her is when she got out of jail because mm-hmm. I went to jail before she did. Mm-hmm. Tell us your story about um, about about. Come on, spit it out. You know, about <laughs> you know, we, you were making moves, uh-huh. moving and shaking, uh-huh. moving and shaking. What 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 type of hustler were you though? Real quick, champ. Like, what type of hustler were you? Man, I just I just wanted to see everybody eat. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I and I never wanted. Like you know how some some guys they want to be that guy. You know, look at me and I'm the man. I, I never really wanted that. I just wanted the money. That was it. And I wanted everybody to have money. I didn't want to be the only one with it. You know what I'm saying? Let's 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 build a dream team. Let's everybody eat. You know what I'm saying? Let's get money. You know, and that's 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 how I was. You know, so uh, like a lot of like our little team that we had, we all grew up together, and then it was like, you know, when we didn't have no work, we was off. I didn't go get some work from this person or that person or this person. You know, when my people was out, we was off. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times I would plan like vacations, where, you know, I would take, you know, jokers out the neighborhood and just show them you know different stuff because a lot of people never left their neighborhood on me never so the stuff that i was exposing myself to i started exposing them to as well because i wanted them to you know what i mean i wanted everybody to win you know i really did and i felt like they were making me you know what i'm saying because i wouldn't have the bread i was having without them Mm -hmm. so why not you know so it was, it was, uh, you know, that's how I was about it. And I used to like try to think everything out. You know, I was, I was a thinker. I would try to think everything out. You know, what's the best way to do this? What's the best way to do that? You know, because you, you got to have a plan. A man without a plan is nothing. You know, so you got to have a plan. So I, I would plan everything out. So it was like, you know, and then just instruct. This how we doing this, and and they trusted that. You know what I mean? So it, it ran like a clock. You know, until like uh, one of my partners got a little case, and uh, he had to sit down for a minute, and he he befriended somebody while he was gone. You know, his celly or whatever. So when he came home, you know, he he has this other cat now. Oh, this was my celly. He's good people. He's this. He's that. You know what I'm saying? We was up in there together and woo woo woo. So I can relate to that. You coming home not having none? Okay, that's your man. It's all good. So. He got back active and was doing what he was doing. And, uh, you know, they used to get consignment. So um, this one particular time, just how, like she was saying, when she felt that, that you know, somebody was going to do this, and I used to get them same feelings. So he had called me one time and wanted to do something, and I just didn't feel it. You know, so I would say, let's, let's, it was on a Friday, so I said, well, let's, I'm cool. Uh, let's go to breakfast tomorrow. So he said, okay, bet. So when we went to breakfast, you know, he looking all sick in the face. You know how you could, you know, you could tell somebody's matter of like, man, what's good? Oh, man, uh, 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 you know, they caught the folks at the airport and this, that. I'm like, what is he talking about? I'm, I'm lost right now. They caught folks there because I'm giving you consignment. So caught who what? How did they catch something? You haven't got nothing. Come to find out, he then took the bread and went and made a purchase for somebody else. Because he couldn't wait. And when he did that, the folks got caught up with it. So I tell him, okay, okay, you made a mistake. Everybody's entitled to make mistakes, you know. I made several. 
So I said, look, this is what we're going to do. I got a little real estate girl. I'm going to connect you with her. You should have a little bread left. We've been doing this thing for a minute. I'm going to hook you up with her. Leave the town alone completely because somebody's going to tell. And they're trying to build a case on you, and you don't want to give them no help. So maybe a couple weeks later, my man that was my man that had hooked me up with this cat that was his cat, you know what I'm saying? He calls me. And I'm like, what's up? I'll meet me over here. We go sit down. He's like, man, you don't have no work. I said, yeah, I'm good. Why, what's up? So he said, well, old boy called, you know, looking for something. The cat, they got twisted up to the people. I said, looking for something for what? Like, because I'm thinking right now, why are you doing something when you already know, you know, you, you hot right now, bro. Mm -hmm. You need to get somewhere. Find you a cave or something to stay in. <laughs> you know what I mean? So when he told me that, and I'm like, well, where is he trying to go? He said, he's trying to go up the way. He's going to the town where they could. And that man had lost his mind. So now I don't want to talk to him. I don't want to call him nothing. I'm deleting his number, all of that. I don't even want nothing to do with him. Well, I see him in the club. And I, and, and I approach him and I tell him, you know, you throwing rocks at the penitentiary. You know what I'm saying? I'm good on you. It's cool. I speak to you when I see you. Don't call me, and I'm not going to call you. And it was it was just like that. Like, he was laughing, but I was like, <laughs> dead. And that was that. When in a year's time, he was locked up. And, 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 and long story short, he ended up giving up me and sister, brother, and everybody else that he could tell on to try to tell his way home. And I got, I ended up with 10 years, and, and uh, he beat me home. And he, and he supposedly had all day. Well, hold on. Come on, hold on. I, I know you want to be cool, man, but let's do Come on, man. <laughs> what happened? Come on, bro. You my man, man. Come on, I told you this. <laughs> so, so, so. Uh, so he, to he, to he told on you. Right. He told on you. But uh, I wasn't the only one. He told on everybody that he knew. He told on his own family members. Mm-hmm. Because, like, cause like really, when you have a life sentence, mm -hmm. It's like, you're not just gonna tell on one person and they're gonna let you out. It's not that type of party. Mm. So it's like you gotta you gotta tell your way to the house. Mm. So every time they get a conviction, that's a little more time. That's a little more time. That's a little more time. That's a little. so he told himself all the way home. But mm. so he told on you, but they they didn't get you. No 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 no. Well, oh yeah. Okay, yeah, let me let me yeah, let me. Yeah, let me yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. let me give the rest. I was just trying to give the short version. Nah. You know what I mean? I don't want to just <laughs> hog the mic. You know what I mean? But what happened was one of my other buddies, this my partner partner, he was under investigation, and we used to work out together at the gym. So I used to call him. He used to call me because we would coordinate when we were going to work out, you know, every day. Mm -hmm. So when they came to get him, they got everybody that talked to him. Because they gave everybody a conspiracy that talked to him on a regular basis. They said that we had knowledge of what he was doing. Mm -hmm. What does that have to do I'm with me? 
What is going on? Every time you talk, you know, it does this. You know what I mean? What's going on? What's really going on? my phone off, champ. Yeah, yeah, shut it down. Every time you talk, it's the same time. I'm getting a little uncomfortable now. Nah. I put my head like this. Every time I'm... Every time you talk, champ. I don't know if your voice is going to get I turned it off, man. Okay, okay, good. So, he's under investigation, and they say... They made, it, they made everybody part of a conspiracy because they said we knew what he was doing. I don't understand that. I'm not DEA. So if I know what he's doing, what does that have to do with me? Am I doing it? Because see what happened when, when, when the other cat got twisted up? I shut it down because I was good. I had enough. You wasn't yeah. greedy. Yeah, I was good. I had enough. So when, when dude got twisted, oh, I'm done. I went in a whole nother direction. Clothing store, property management company, tree trimming service. I mean, property, you know, I, I went in a whole nother. I'm, I'm good. I'm done. The same thing I told him to do, I did it. So I wasn't tripping people that were still active because I wasn't. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I didn't know you can get twisted up just with association, mm -hmm. even though you're not doing nothing. Conspiracy. Yeah, so they, they come with the conspiracy and say we had knowledge of what he was doing. So when they lock him, when they come to get him, they came and got everybody at like four in the morning or something like that, different people's houses. They hit everybody, and they took us all to the forum. They had everybody's whips out there and boats and everything all out there, the news people, everything. We all like, you know, like we on a, we're a chain gang or something, you know what I mean? It was all bad. So we all looking at each other because I know I'm not fooling with you. You know you're not fooling with me. Why are we all here? So everybody's just looking at everybody, like trying to figure out what's going on. Mm -hmm. So then that's when they come in and, and they asking us about him. What do you know about him? I don't know nothing about him. You know, is it something you want to know about me? Hmm. And that was that. So everybody would like had the same little get down. But once we get downtown to MDC and they start like, running a worldwide check on everybody. They trying to find anything, anywhere, on anybody. Mm -hmm. So as soon as they say champ, ding, 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 ding. They take a picture of me to this cat that was my man's man. And he got an indictment with 20 people on it. He said, oh yeah, that's champ. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So they put me on the top of his indictment. Now that's my indictment. So then they go to everybody up under him and show them a picture and tell them who I am. And do they want to get out early? Well, I go to the pen when you can tell on a friend. <laughs> you see I'm what I'm saying? For it, man. Okay, yeah. So all of these people Hold is on telling. One, one second, man. You cool, man. You cool. <laughs> 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 I waited long enough. Man. Yeah, I yeah. Give it like go to the panel, you can tell the prank. So, so now all of these people is telling on me. I don't even know them. I ain't never met them. They had a get out of free card. Mm. Yeah, I ain't oh, never yeah. met them. You was the card. So now I'm thinking on my on my man's thing. I already know that's nothing, and I already know I'm not doing nothing. So I'm thinking, you know, they got the wrong one. I'm out of here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They got the wrong one. So then they come with a superseding indictment with all of this, with dude and all of his people. Oh, man, you talking about sick. It was a feeling that I'll never, ever forget mm -hmm. because I remember my cousin told me when he met dude, he said, I don't like that cat. Mm -hmm. He mm -hmm. told me. And I'm saying, man, you don't know what I'm getting from this dude because 
the thing with them, since I was giving them consignment, they was going out of town. They had to chop that out of town money up with me. You see what I'm saying? So now I'm looking at them, them dollars, and now dude ain't. No, nah, he's all right. Uh-huh. He looks better. You know what I'm saying? He ain't that bad. You know what I'm saying? Came back and bit me. You know, so that's where really I got my time from because the 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 phone count with me and my man that they was looking for, it was it was just me and him talking about going to the gym. So they said, through their experience with drug traffickers, when we was talking about the gym, we wasn't talking about the gym. Mm. We was talking about some work. So, whatever. They can make it they can put it together however they want to put it together. But even with them phone counts, that was like four years because they really couldn't put nothing together to say this, that, or the other. So I'm still like, I'm out of here. When they come with old boy stuff from out of town, oh no. Thirty six to life. Mm-hmm. So now that's what I'm looking at. So I so me and my lawyer, we go over everything on the indictment. The smallest amount they talking about was three or four keys or something like that. From somebody I don't even know. So I said, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I plead to that. I plead to something that didn't even happen to get that 36 to life off. So they say, okay, we, we try to make the deal and whatever. And uh, I'm thinking it's like going to be five years or something. And they say, nah, 10 years. We'll give you that, but with 10 years. Because that's not enough time for you. Because you're, you're, you're a major player in this in this conspiracy. So you can't get less than the people under you. And the courts have to agree to it or you can't even get that. So now they making me plead to more than I'm pleading to and they letting you know that you might not even get that. So when you finally get to go to court, they got you in there happy to get to 10. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So it's a, it's a, it's a, Mind game. It's a cold mind game, man. So you like happy on one respect that you got to ten, but then on another you like ten years. That don't sound like no deal, you know. It you know, but when you're talking about thirty six to life, I guess it is. But because you are a thinker, oh, I was thinking because you're the only one that didn't go to trial. I'm the only one that played on a diamond. Everybody was trying to like go hard in the paint. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and then later on, they like. Man, you was the only one that, ooh, ooh, we should have. And they ended up with more time going to trial, you see what I'm saying, than they could have. Yeah. yeah. And they could have, and then especially when I got to the pen, you know, you start running into everybody, man, people that you forgot about. Like, oh, I wonder what happened to him. They up in there with dust on them. Been in there forever, bro. And they, like, had the same opportunity. But if somebody tell you, I'm going to give you a 10-year deal, you ain't finna take that. It's like life was seven. How you gonna give me? That's not a deal. But when you talking about all day, you know, it's a deal. But we didn't know back then. Either Nobody because, did. Um, it was like a sweep of so many black people in jail behind conspiracy. Mm. Talking about a war on drugs. The war was on us. It wasn't on the drugs. We yeah. weren't finding things over here. The war was on us, bro. And they knocked us out the box. Because the problem was is money is power. And we was getting money. Mm-hmm. So we was becoming too powerful. And you moving next door to people and all of that, they're like, oh, no, no, no. They got to be stopped. <laughs> so the guy that told on you, you end up being in the same jail as him. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that's where they put the twist down, too, because they wasn't happy with the 10 years that I got. 
So a lot of times they'll put you with folks that twisted you so you can really, you know, uh, finalize whatever you need to do to, uh, to make you feel good. You see what I'm saying? And then that way they got you forever because now you didn't do something to him and now you can never go home. Mm. You see what I'm saying? So it's a cold twist. You know, it's a cold twist, but that's that's what they do. Mm. And when you spoke to him, you, you let him know that you're not rocking with him. You know, just yeah, yeah. Time. I just pulled up because my lawyer had already laced me up to w what the twist was, mm. and so when I got there, I, I went straight to the weight pile. Didn't even like put my stuff up. I just put my stuff on my bunk. As you know, folks around where that dude at, and they told me where it was at. So I went out there, talked to him. You know, we're not good. We're not cool. I'm not fooling with you, and you're not fooling with me. But I'm not gonna do nothing to you, cause I know what this is about. I know why they brought me here. But, you know, you know, we here now, so it's like you got to figure out. Now you got to think some more, because whenever you're not thinking, that's when you're gonna twist your own self. Mm. So in every situation, you got to think, and then you you can't. Anger's not your friend. That's the one thing they blessed me with in there. I didn't want to do that time. Believe me, I did. But. They had me in anger management classes, all this other stuff. You know what I'm saying? And it really did make me a better person because now it's like it's really hard to 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 make me angry. I don't even go there. I don't even entertain that because I know you're not going to think straight when you're angry. You're going to do something that you wouldn't even do if you wasn't angry. You see what I'm saying? But mm -hmm. it, it, it's no get back from that. Mm -hmm. So you got to really think before you even go there. So, like, mine started my feet. I already know when I'm getting angry. My mind start down there. You can feel it. So I stop it before it get up here. Because once it get up here, it's too late. You see what I'm saying? Once it gets up here, you're done. Because you don't care. And when you don't care, you're going to do something that you're going to care about later. You mm -hmm. don't care right now because you let it get to your head. You can't let it get to your head. You can't let nobody get to your head. For the nine months, did you still have money left? Like, Did you save? Like, You were still good. Yeah, I was real good. Yeah, I see. I can see it still. Um, <laughs> um, you back. You back in the game, and you're moving and shaking. What made you go into the hair business? Because um, probably a few years after being back in the game, I'm yeah, I'm good, and um, I have people that I met this guy, and um, and I said, and he was. He, I met him and we started dating. And I knew he was a drug dealer. So he started slanging in um, Alton, Illinois for me. And um, the money's good and everything, but I said, um, I, it's, my son is growing up. I want a different life for him. I wanted to invest my money and in, in do something different. And is this guy you talking about, Percy? Percy Bratton. They call him Cheese, a.k.a. Yeah, cheese. cheese. Well, we can see why. Yeah. Yeah, but, but it also said he was a musician. Yeah, he was an inspiring musician. Oh. Um, played a few instruments, and he, you know, made an album that didn't go, in, go any place. <laughs> so, okay. so hold on. So you, you met him. Where you met him at? I met him um, through one of my friends. I was getting my hair done, and her boyfriend and her owned a studio in Hollywood. 
And so he would come from Illinois and rent the studio out to do his music. Mm. And so um, we met each other like that. And then it went from friendship to business. And then um, I took the money that I had from DAF and I opened a hair company. It was um, Hair Distributors, Inc., which was one of the first black hair companies in the world because I used to import and export and send hair all over the world. And so um, on a bad month, I was making $70,000 and just selling hair. So at that time, I just said, you know, I, I want out the game. I'm good. You know, I just wanted to live a good life, a comfortable life. And then a lot of my friends were getting arrested, um, getting killed, and I just wanted to change my life. So I actually stopped selling drugs and just started selling the hair. But before, but so I'm good. I'm out the game like for a year. To rewind, cheese Percy Bratton. Um, when I found out that he was snorting the cocaine when he was doing business with me, I broke up with him. How you found out? Well, I, I used to always wonder why he was sniffing his nose, and he would just say it was allergy. And so one day we went um, to uh, Magic Mountain, and um, I reached my hand in his back pocket, and he had some cocaine in it at the park. And I'm like, are you doing this? Make a long story short, it came out he was snorting cocaine because I started asking questions and talking to some of his friends that didn't know me when I came back to Illinois. And they was like, you know, he been snorting and da-da-da-da-da, but I never knew because he didn't do it around me. Because I never, you know, did drugs. I never smoked cigarettes. I never smoked weed. I never drank. All I did was I had, I just felt I needed to keep a level head. I needed to. I just didn't need anything to tamper with my mind. I just wanted to stay focused on the grind, the money, chasing that money. Mm-hmm. And so um, I broke up with him. I was done. I'm like, uh-uh, no, because I know what this do, you know. So I know I'm not going to do it, and you're doing it, and you've been doing it, but you just been hiding it from me. So that explained why sometime you giving me my money slow, and I'm giving you a pass because you're my guy at this time. And I don't really need the money. That's just extra money, but I'm still giving you a pass. Because I'm trying to let you come up like me. So anyway, we broke up, was broke up for a year. Just, you know, he may call every now and then, say hi or whatever. So he started dealing with some Dominican Republicans from Chicago. Got caught up. Um, One of his workers in Illinois, um, he wasn't treating them right. Because he was snorting that cocaine. All this came out in paperwork. Um, Anything that I say or champs say, everything is public record. You can read our cases online. 
So I, I didn't go out like a snitch. Champ mm. didn't go out like a snitch. Mm. All this is public record. Mm. So when never I never tell on your friends, man. Always keep your mouth shut. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, um, he gets busted at the um, bus station um, with somebody else's drugs. I haven't sold drugs in a year. I'm I'm going up to Barry Gordy's house, selling hair to Karen Gordy, wow. um, Robin Givens, Janet Jackson, everybody that wore weaves, um, Sherelle, Mickey, just everybody. I'm sorry. Who was your first big like? How did how did they get popping like that? Who was your first big client? My first big client was actually um, Karen Gordy, Barry Gordy's daughter-in-law. Big client, man. Because I had went to Italy and um, found the Italian hair, and the girl that used to do my hair used to do Janet Jackson hair. Mm. But I didn't want to try it on Janet until I knew that. The hair did it what it did, so I tried it on myself first. And and uh, but after Karen, Karen was my first client, then myself. But I became the second client because we did not work the product, because we was actually taking real hair and putting it on our hair, not what they got now. But that was that 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 dope game in you, because it's just like with the dope, like whoever got the best dope. You see what I'm saying? The dope sell itself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? When you got the, you know, even with the weed, it's like, you know, mm -hmm. who got the heat? Yeah. So what she did, she she thought. And she said, who has the best hair? Mm -hmm. And they said, Italy. So she flew to Italy. Don't speak now Italian or nothing else. She didn't flew over there. And she just all over Italy mm -hmm. looking for a plug. Yeah. For because hair. when you fly in um, to Rome, you can go to Palermo, and that's like 30 minutes away on a plane. Or you can go to Milan, different direction. That's 30 minutes on the plane. Like probably you can go from wherever I'm at now to like New Jersey or, you know what I'm saying? It's like that, but it's a plane ride in, in Rome. So I just went to the embassy suite in Italy and, and said, hair, look for hair companies and found a plug in Milan. Jackpot. The only person from the United States in Italy find the plug, come back. Um, Karen Gordy didn't work right. Didn't it didn't do right. So then I called one of my other girls that do hair, and I told her what was going on, Mecca, and I said, Mecca, this is what's going on. Da 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 da. She said, I'll tell you what to do, and she showed me how to use my product. Then I did it on me, back in the game, but the hair game. Then did it on Janet Jackson. She loved it. She wanted my same style. When she did um, Pleasure Principle and she did the flip, that's my hair, Italian oh. hair. And then it just go on. Then um, I would um, go to different hair shops in L.A. And then when people, all the drug dealer girlfriends and um, people that couldn't afford it because it was very expensive, but they wanted it. I said, I tell you what, because I didn't need the money at the time. I'm, I'm investing and I'm building. They're going to go that consignment again. So I would say to the ones that couldn't afford it, I tell you what, I'm going to put you on payment plans for the hair because you want this, right? But is it going to work on me? 
yeah, it's going to work. It's on my hair. I'm black. Because it looked like white people hair. Because it's good hair. It's real hair. No synthetic, no process, no nothing. I have pictures of where I went to Italy, and I'm like, wow. It's just amazing. So I, they put it on the hair. I said, if it don't work, I give you your money back. So just try it. See if it works. Don't give me no money now. But if it works, you're going to give me my money. They hooked. And then it just, the word got out. All um, word, what do you call it when it's um, no advertisement, just by word? Word of mouth. Word of mouth. Word of mouth yeah. And so then after a couple of years of doing that, um, one year, I, did, I said, let me do a hair show. And so I would bring in Martin Lawrence, Joe Torrey, Mickey Howe, to sing um, Simply Marvelous, to do you know comedy at the show. You know, I, I knew Martin when he was at the Comedy Act Theater. I gave him $500 come speak at my hair show. Mm. Joe Torrey, every year got bigger. So I knew them before they was even, you know, big. So, so out of the game for a year. Mm-hmm. Then they catch homie. I'm out of the game for a year. He get busted at the uh, train station. And um, after probably two weeks in jail, he told on me. Um, so, cheese told. Mm-hmm. He told on you, and how did you find out that? Because you said you just said you know you found out that uh, they were looking for you. Well, when Cheese got arrested, and I hadn't been dealing with him at all for a year, somebody called and told me he got arrested. Then shortly he called me, collect call, and he asked me would I pay for him attorney, and I said for what. I, you don't owe me nothing, and I don't owe you nothing. And he still ain't telling me nothing. And so then he was like, okay. Then he was calling and talking to me. I said, what are you calling me for? All along, he trying to set me up. Mm. So next thing I know, he stopped calling because I wouldn't give him nothing. So, through the grapevine, I hear he's talking. So, I had an attorney up north, and I called him, and I told him, I said, I think I'm in some big trouble. <laughs> and I said, uh, they're going to have to kill me. I'm not turning myself in for nothing. So, could you find out what's going on? And he called, found out, yep, they talking, he, somebody's talking about you. Because it was other big drug dealers that got busted before Cheese that I did business with. And the feds, as a matter of fact, 23 drug dealers. It was a list of 23 drug dealers. None of them wouldn't tell on me, not one of them. And I did business with them. 
Why they wouldn't tell you, Vic? Out of respect. They didn't tell on nobody. They did not tell on me. This weak link, cheese, the only guy that told on me. And I wasn't, and it wasn't even my dope, wasn't even my case. He could have just took a deal and did the time, but he told on me, his brother, his twin nieces, his best friend, his cousin, his type workers. He told on at least 10 people. Four of his top people that worked for him, he told on them. But those four guys made a pact that they wouldn't tell. The guy that got arrested with Cheese, that was eight. Cheese was 20, probably 20, 21 when he got arrested. The guy that went with him to the train station, um, Marcus, he was 18. Marcus didn't even tell. And he had never been in trouble. Cheese told on Marcus. And it wasn't even Marcus, though. Marcus was a worker. Marcus did 10 years. So when Marcus came home, he contacted me. And I never met Marcus. And he so he told me that when him and Cheese got arrested, he wouldn't tell, and they separated him and Cheese. So I met, my, I met some of my co-defendants that I didn't know after they all got out of jail. So the lawyer tell you you want to run. Mm-hmm. You were clubbing and all that. I said they have to kill me before I turn myself in. You 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 came to New York. You turned up in New York or not? No, I ended up um, going to Miami, Atlanta. Oh, you over uh, there. Birmingham. I was like low key. I'm like uh, I'm on a square. You wasn't all low key. They said you was partying. Yeah, other names you was putting up. Oh, definitely. Different wigs and all that. <laughs> yes. So they they but if you want to run. How, how long you was on the run for? For about two years. You was on the run for two years? Mm-hmm. So what happened? The hair company was, who was running the, the hair, hair company? company was still running. Uh, my secretary ran the hair company, and then my best friend would um, do kind of like the celebrities for me. And you and, was just on the run. And I was on the run. And back then, we still had pagers because there was no internet. It was and the cell phones were like the big box. It was um, Mitsubishi's, you know. So you didn't have cameras or none of that on the cell phone. So I kind of like was moving around with alias, different names, you know, like Lisa Jones, Wanda Jackson, whatever, you know. I actually, because back then you can have fake IDs, and you know, I would be I build up credit and and my my other name and everything, you know, a car in that name, I you know. I mean, I had learned very early on how to manipulate an application and go in the bank and, you know, get a car loan and all of that. When I mean, I had um, manipulated an application at 18, said I was 21 and got a car a loan and bought Daffa car in my name as a as a gift. Well, what I'm trying to figure out is that where, where was the money? That means you had cash on hand then. Oh, yeah, I had cash. I had I had money from the drug game, and then I had money from the hair game. Mm-hmm. So when I was on the run, I still was even selling the hair because the secretary was working until the police kept on, the feds kept on coming back up to the office. So I said, well, just shut down. So what I, so what I did was I had um, a friend of mine pack up my whole office and um, – Back then, we had um, switchboard operators. 
So we had, I would, my business phone, I forwarded to the board. So anybody that called the office for hair, they thought they were still calling the office because I shipped hair all over the world. So I just still operated my hair business on the run. Easily, because I just operated from that phone. Mm. So the feds could trace the phone all they want. It's just going to the switchboard. So when the people call, Hair Distributors Incorporated, how may I help you? Um, Jamaica's not available, but I can give her a message. They leave the message. Oh, I would like to buy um, 2.5 ounces or 6 ounces of Italian hair, 18-inch long. Okay, I'll have her get back to you. They page me, I get the page, go to a payphone, call them, bam. Mm. Keep it real, where were you staying at mostly on the run? Well, after a year, I ended up getting a place in um, Westchester. Westchester, California. Oh, awesome. Yeah, Westchester, California. <laughs> and um, I would walk to the gym and just I would always wear a hoodie and walk to a gym and work out. And that's where I met a lot of police working in the gym. And I would just tell them I was Lisa. And um, they didn't know who I was. So you want to run that. What brings you back to? So I um, I was out of town. And then um, my it was my son's graduation. Mm. And... Um, I would sneak in my mother's house in the middle of the night. Um, I wouldn't tell them I was coming or anything. I hop in the fence to get in because I didn't know what was going on. I just didn't want to be seen. But I would, I would go like at, you know, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock in the morning where I can move and go in the back way. And I would sneak in the bed with my son. Mm. And I would, I, one day he would, say, he would turn on and say, Mommy, Mommy, you here? And I say, yeah. And so when he said, Mommy, you gonna come to my graduation? I say, yeah, I'll be there. So um, I go to his graduation, um, but I didn't, I felt strange. I felt weird. Got some feelings again. Yeah. And, and that I can say when, when, when something feels wrong or right, I go by those feelings because more than likely it's, it's a reason. It's like now that I believe in God, I know I feel, you know, not talking about religion or nothing, but because I have a relationship with God, I feel God is good and the devil is evil. Mm-hmm. So when, if, 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 if something in my mind say, Go in that bank and rob that bank. That ain't God telling me to do that. That's evil. Right. So back then, something in my mind said, if you go to that school, you're going to get arrested. Hmm. So I didn't want to go, but because my heart was to, to see my son graduate, he don't have his father, he got me. I pushed through, and I said, okay, I'm going to just take this risk. 
But in my mind, I didn't feel right with it. So I go to my son's sixth grade graduation, and then the feds come up behind me and, and say, don't make a scene. Um, you're under arrest. This is the FBI. And um, I'm not thinking anything, but over the years, I remember um, my son had a situation at the school while I was on the run. Mm-hmm. And when when I was on the run, the feds went to the school and because they, they I had all my son's certificates on, on the wall in the office, so that's how they knew where his school was. So I actually went to the school when my son told me that something happened between him and the teacher. So I went to the school to check the teacher while I'm on the run. The teacher remembered that the FBI was looking for me. Mm. Okay. And what and what, what what do you mean she remembered that? She called the FBI when she seen me come up to that school. But she don't tell me that all this come to me as things are happening in my life now. You understand what I'm saying? Because the FBI why would they yeah. be at the graduation? They made it seem like they saw something on the wall and Well they did see the um my son's um that's true. Mm-hmm. That's what made them go to the school from the beginning. But see what the FBI, what we don't say in the story, because there's so much to my story is levels. You can't say everything. L- look how long we've been here. Mm-hmm. And it's just so much more. And I'm giving you guys uncut stuff that I haven't even really said that's like in my movie script. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So I'm, I'm giving you guys some good stuff. I appreciate it. So I appreciate you, you guys. No, we appreciate you. So, 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 so she. So I feel this is my scenario that when I checked her because I checked her real good about my son. She remembered the FBI came looking for her a couple of years prior. Right after that, like a month or two or so, the graduation come. The FBI is there. Hmm. Let me ask you a question. And, you know, like my man Champ, you guys answer questions funny. Uh, whatever happened to Percy? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to Mr. Bratton? Oh, mm. I tried to Google him, man. I don't I haven't seen him. And um, I'm not trying to see him. Where I'm at today, I'm not mad at him. Mm-hmm. He did what he had to do to free himself. I'm just not cut out like that. So because he was looking at a life sentence, in turn, I got eternal life. Mm. So I'm grateful. So you saw him on the standpoint at you? Oh, yeah. He said, that's her right there. And he told everything from the bedroom to the streets. In the bedroom, what he was telling. They had to that. tell him to shut up. He had, he was telling so much information. The hell was wrong with this guy? Man, that's how I'm snitching. Now, when you go to the bedroom, that's, that's you got to kick him to shut him up. That's too far, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? So he he the day he got on the stand, he went home because wow. I was on the run for two years. So he did two years. So they said, "Don't make a move." How, how long? You didn't go to. You, you went to trial? Or did you take I trial? went to trial because they wanted me to cooperate. Mm-hmm. 
And I said, I'm not doing that. They said, well, you'll never see your son again. You're looking at 25 to life, scared to death. I said, give it to me. I'm scared to death. Mm. But before I tell on somebody and destroy somebody else's life and destroy somebody else's family, I'm going to go sit down because nobody put a gun in my head and made me do anything. I made all those choices and, and mistakes on my own. So mm -hmm. I'm taking full responsibility and accountable for the mistakes I made. So the ones that I hurt the most was my family and my son because I was willing to, to suffer and take the consequences for my actions. So I wouldn't cooperate. So my lawyer said, you're going to jail. You don't know anything. I said, I don't know nothing. And I had a high power lawyer, Larry Franks. He was Heidi Fleiss lawyer. Who? Heidi Fleiss. Who was that? She was the madam in LA, big mm -hmm. madam in LA. He mm -hmm. was a high power lawyer. He, he just retired from being the deputy mayor of Tamara Villagosa in Los Angeles. Yeah. Larry Franks. Mm -hmm. So um, he said, Jamaica, you're going, you're going to do some time. So then um, he hired, he got another lawyer in the town that I was in to coach him through my trial. And um, the lawyer didn't do anything what Larry said. So my lawyer, actually, I was his first case. In, in Illinois, in his last case, he kind of like had a nervous breakdown. Wow. And um, he came to me because the DA came to him and said, they'll give you an eight-year deal with cooperation. I said, I'm going to trial because I didn't do anything. I'm going home. <laughs> when that judge got through with me, he said, you a menace to society, you a major player, you destroy people's lives. Guilty. Guilty. Guilty mm -hmm. on all counts. So when I got sentenced, they said 180 months. I said, how long is that? I was numb. Well, what type of trial was it? Was it a jury trial or the other trial? It was a jury trial. I had a jury trial. Mm. Yeah. So now, how long was your trial for? Two weeks. About two weeks. And then you go, now you're going in. Now I'm going in. And just, you know, how was it in there? Well, going to prison, um, first of all, because I wouldn't cooperate, I was in the hole for 18 months. I was in the hole for 18 months because I wouldn't cooperate. Then they sent me to maximum security as punishment, which was in Mariana, Florida, behind the wall with lifers, people they, that would never get out like um, Helen Woodson, Manson, um, Manson, the Manson girls, Squeaky mm -hmm. Frum. Um, Gaselda Blanco, um, all the high power cases, only 100 women was there. It didn't hold no more than 100. And did you talk to these people? 
Oh yeah. Oh you yeah. Didn't, you didn't have any issues with them? No, um, I just had like one issue with um it was this Puerto Rican girl, you know, that tested me and and um because I got into right relationship with God while I was in jail. I, I found that's where I found God and who I was and loving me and getting to know me while I was incarcerated and I I made a promise to God that if you get me out of this mess, I serve you to the day I die. Keep me in my right mind and mm. don't let me get sick. Just I serve you to the day I die. So this one girl was um, trying to test me, and she actually pulled a shank out on me. And um, she said, you're cute, and I give you – she didn't know me, didn't know nothing about my case. She said, I give you five years, they're going to turn you out. And I said, okay. And then she tested me, and, and, and then I got busy with her. What do you mean you got busy with her? I, I had to. Squabble? Yeah, I had to get my squabble on. <laughs> Did she and, get the best of you? Come on now. <laughs> the headlock thing didn't work. No, but we fought, and um, I was oh. able, I didn't even know she had a shank until it, you know, fell, you know, to the ground. Right, right. And, um, and so we fought, and then shortly after that, I was able to get transferred to be closer to home. Mm. Because when I got to the prison, I'm like, why am I here? I only got 15 years. Mm. And um, my unit manager told me, uh, get in the law library and tell me why you're here. And and come to find out because, you know, I wouldn't cooperate, it was a mistake because I wasn't even a high level. Um, I wasn't a lifer. My points didn't even match where I was, but that was them punishing me because I wouldn't cooperate. Mm. So at what point did you find God? Like, did, did something happen while you were in jail? To, to, to... When I was in the hole for 18 months mm-hmm. and um, reading my Bible, praying, I just remembered the things that were implanted in me from a little girl. Right. I've heard, you know, you you hear about God, but you don't, I didn't understand God. So with me being in the hole, I started reading my Bible. And then one day, um, I just was crying because it was my son's birthday coming up. And, I, and I'm planning his birthday from jail. I'm talking about invitations, everything. He wow. had a big pool party from jail where I, I told him to print out the invitations, mail them to me. I'm going to do the envelopes and mail them out to the people while I'm in jail. Mm. And so um, I said, um, God, who's going to take care of my son? And I just started crying really hard. And and, and, the, and something inside said, put your earphones on. I put my earphones on. It was this lady singing Twyla Paris. She said, there's a mother in isolation, a father deceased, a son. He's left all alone. But Jesus told me, give me this message. Everything going to be all right. Wow. That was the chorus of the song, Twyla Paris, white girl. And I just started crying. I'm like, okay, I'm not crazy. God is real. He gonna take care of my son. Hmm. It was like the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And I I was like, I started getting myself together. Then I just started telling everybody that would come in jail about Jesus. I couldn't stop talking about Jesus. So people would say, well, how much time you got? What you do? I'm like, do you know Jesus? Do you know God? 
You can't help me. Mm-hmm. And so I said, God, if you keep me in my right mind, keep me young, keep me pure, preserve me, I serve you to the day I die. And I started journaling and writing. Every, I've been journaling now for 26 years. And I will write down the things that I think God was telling me. And most of them have came to pass. So I'm convinced, totally convinced. Mm. So when I met Champ, when I got out of jail, he said, them feds mess you up. All you talk about is Jesus. He messed up now. Because all he talk about is Jesus. Because he's seen the transformation, you know, in my life. So the I did... I was sentenced to 15 years, and I did 12 on 15 when I should have did 13. Mm-hmm. Because while I was in jail, my son became a pro skateboarder, and I kept on saying, God, I got to get home to my son. My son needs me. This kid is 16 years old. He's in Australia. He's in Canada. He's traveling the world, and he needs me. And then my son, he would... Me and my son would journal back and forth for a couple of years, and um, I would pray with him over the phone, and he would see how I would pray, and God would answer my prayers. And he was like, well, Mom, why you didn't tell? I said, because I ain't cut out like that. He said, but you you could be home with me if you would have told. I said, but I was in the game to win. I don't want to go out a loser. I don't want to be known for being a rat or a snitch because when I was getting that money, I wanted to have a better life for you and me. I wanted to give you something that my parents didn't give me. And I don't want, when I die, they say she was a rat. She told on people. She destroyed people's lives. So I feel today that God allowed me to go what I went through to help save other people's lives. Amen. It's the verse in the Bible, um, Genesis 50 and 20, it said, what the devil meant for evil, God meant for good, to help save other people alive. Hmm. That's me. That's my mission, to tell my story, to help. I destroy lives, but now I'm saving lives. Yeah. So... Yeah, yeah. Even with him, uh, not to interrupt, but even mm-hmm. with him becoming a pro skateboarder, that's a testimony in itself mm-hmm. because he was living with her mother and they was living in a white neighborhood. So that's how he really got exposed, exposed to skateboarding right. was all the white kids. So the white kids used to tease him, tell him, go get a basketball. You can't skate. Ooh, they used to let him have it. So when Jamaica would call home, he would be on the phone crying. The kids is teasing me. They told me to play basketball. And Jamaica asked, well, what do you want to do? I want to skate. So Jamaica prayed with him mm-hmm. on the phone that mm-hmm. he'd be the best skateboarder and this and this, that, the other. And she didn't even know that he was pro. Mm-hmm. She found out, like, in the TV room. Years when, later. When ESPN came on and they said pro skateboarder, mm-hmm. Anthony Mosey, and she looked up and it's her son. Mm-hmm. So that right there really built my faith up even more. So I'm like, God, there you go again. You answered my prayer. And even when I was in jail, 
God said, you're going to write a book. I just have a high school diploma. I just graduated from high school. I went to college for two years, uh, junior college, and dropped out because I was more into the drugs. I just went to college because I wanted to run track. I'm thinking, you know. Mm -hmm. But that money outpowered the track for me. So I dropped out. So now you, you're home now. Like what happens after that? You come home and your whole life has changed now. I come home. Tell um, us about all the, all, all the positive things you're doing now, everything you're doing from, from then until now. So when, when I was incarcerated, I would meet women from all over the world. Mm. And I would minister to them and tell them all about God. They would go from prison to prison. So I set up a P.O. box. And when they would go to different jails, I would continue to write them and encourage them because some of them had a hard time. I'm talking about thousands of women. Hmm. It, even when I was in there, I would pray with women and ask God to let them go home and keep me because they couldn't do the time. They would go to court when they, I mean, looking at a lot of time. And somehow or another, the case was dismissed. So the people in prison was like, wow. Could you pray for me? The staff started asking me to pray for them because they would see, they listened to me pray because you got monitors and when you was in the county jail, they can hear the prayers. So um, I started a prison ministry in jail, but I didn't know what I was doing because mm -hmm. I, I got a P.O. box. I would send the letters to the P.O. box. They'll put in another envelope and send it to the ladies in the P.O. box So because I, I, I had a list of women that I'm writing. And it would add on. So when I came home, um, my sister-in-law said, well, why don't you just start a ministry? Call it Second Chance. So you, you preach, don't you? Second Chance Evangelist Ministry. I'm like, hey. So the day I got released from jail, I go to the skating ring. Um, Champ is there. And Champ is skating with me. First he come, he go, hey, Jamaica, it's Champ. I'm like, Champ, come on, Jamaica, Champ. I said, oh, okay, Champ. We skated together all night. And so I don't have a job or nothing, try to get a job when nobody hired me, no nothing. God said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all my righteousness is going to be added on you. That's what he said from the very beginning when I was in jail. And so Chant would take me to different jobs to get a job. They would not hire me. They say, you meet the part, you qualify, but, but that background check, they would not hire me. So Chant was taking care of me. And I said, Champ, I write these people in jail. You know, I need a... I don't know nothing about computers. I taught myself how to, you know, use a computer. I knew how to type. Taught myself how to use the computers, get on the Internet. So the, uh, the first computer I got, Champ bought me, and I, and, I, um, and I Googled my name. I was like, woo. I'm the only J-E-M-E-K-E-R on Google. And I, and I just started shaking because it started, my cases was coming up. And so I said, Champ, I write these people in jail. So he would, you know, buy my stamps and my envelopes and everything, and I just continued. Then my sister-in-law set me up a website, and I started doing prison ministry, just continue to write to people in, in jail. And that became my job without getting paid. So then some, um, somebody else said, well, why don't you set up a nonprofit so you can get donations? I said, okay, let's do that. So I set up a Second Chance Evangelist Ministry, which is a nonprofit ministry, and I write to women that's incarcerated. And um, from time to time, certain jails will let me come in to minister to women, and I do that. And then I go to colleges and schools, and I speak. 
And so Champ helped me write my book and tell my story in a book, Queen Pen. Um, and and I also um, am working. Champ just finished writing my movie script. So I, I had a movie deal <laughs> with Lionsgate. And um, things happened there. So now I'm just reshopping my, uh, my script. How did you get fly again? How did I get fly again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well... I'm playing because I, I don't know, like, you talking about your champ had to take Cammy and all that. I mean, you got minks yeah. on, all type of things, Gucci shoes. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what those are. I know everything. Yeah. Oh, well, champ <laughs> takes good care of me. Okay. <laughs> Let's go, champ. Let's go. <laughs> champ takes good care of me. But, you know, um, <laughs> champ is here. <laughs> champ takes good care of me. Um, but um, God provides. If it wasn't for the grace and mercy of God and the blessings of God that have fallen on the both of us. Mm. You know, it's all God. Amen. So everything I do is for the glory of God and God only. Even with us being here, this was all God and his plan. I don't move, rock, or shake without God because I made a promise to God. So my mission is to tell my testimony, my story around the world. If I can just save one person's life, I would say mission accomplished. So Second Chance Evangelist Ministries is a 5013C. You can make donations um, to write women that's incarcerated. I used to write men, but I only write women now because... That's where my heart is to the women. Because when I was incarcerated, it was so many women incarcerated that didn't get mail, that didn't get letters, that didn't get visits. And Champ can speak for the men, you know, because he was like, why are you writing men in jail? He said men get so many visits and so many other women that are writing them. He said focus on the women. So, um, Like say... The men facilities, you get so many visits, sometimes the people can't even get in. Like your people be standing in line. The women prison, she sit in a visit room by herself. All the time. Mm. Many, many the, times. The women is left for dead. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it, it, it's a void there. It's something that, that you know, that's that's a cold twist. Mm. Time is, is tough enough when you're getting visits and letters and everything. But just imagine sitting in there and you ain't getting nothing. So my heart is, and I always post on my Instagram, um, find time to write to your loved ones that's incarcerated, whether it's man, boy, girl, mama, grandmother, because everybody makes a mistake. They just got caught. So if you just drop them a card, because we, because we're out here, we forget about those people that, that's incarcerated. Especially the mothers and the daughters, you know, that's in jail. Women don't get visits. So I'm like one of the very few people that um, write women in jail. I wrote this one girl, Danielle Metz, that got pardoned by. She was the last one to get pardoned by Obama um, for 11 years until she got released. And I was partnered with World Vision until the donation stopped. They closed the um, Los Angeles um, facility down because they used to give me clothes and things. So when ladies would get released from jail, 
I'm able to give them clothes enough, you know, for at least a month. So we have to um, still love on the women and our and our family members, whoever they are, that's in jail. Don't forget about the women that's incarcerated, because a lot of times the women is the backbone. They didn't tell on the man that's in jail. The man gets out and forget about the woman that's doing the time for them. Um, unfortunately, I'm you know I did the crime, so I did the time. But um, people, you know, I got letters, I got visits, I got magazines. Um, you know, God really blessed me while I was in there. Um, I changed my life 100%. I'm a new creature in Christ. You know, um, the Bible says that if you abide in me, I would abide in you. Whatever you ask and desire, I would give to you. So that's why I still, I, I feel I'm still blessed. Because my desires is to please God and God only. I'm not a people pleaser. I'm a Jesus pleaser. I didn't been through everything there is in life to do. And I'm alive today for purpose. And I know what the purpose is. That's to help save lives. Kingdom agenda. To God be the glory. And a lot of the women that that have been released... Like, they'll contact her and be like, thank you so much. You know, your letters got me through. Mm -hmm. Even the, the woman that she was speaking of. The woman she was speaking of, I think that she had three life sentences. Yeah, Danielle Metz had three life sentences plus 28. Her so story's online. How do you do that kind of time? Like, mm -hmm. my time, I had a date. Yeah. And it was hard enough. How do you do time with no date? Yeah. You ain't never going home. How do you do that? And Danielle, you, like, um, when she would go to the hole or get in trouble, because she got frustrated sometimes. And I would write her every, send her two or three letters every week, magazines, you know, and say, hang in there, this gonna pass. She, she, I know she wanna write me back and cuss me out because she's like, Jamaica, oh, I got all this time. Everybody forgot about me. You know, I don't, I'm, I'm losing it in here. I can't take it no more. Obama, my last hope. Obama partner. I said, and I just would, I wouldn't go where she went. I said, this will pass. Daniel, you going to get out. I hear what you're saying, Jamaica, but <laughs> everybody didn't went home but me. <laughs> you know, because I didn't know her. I met her in jail. And me and her was so much alike. We didn't get along. So I actually said some harsh things to her. You will never come home. But when I got home and started writing and started the ministry, God said, write her and apologize to her. So I wrote her and I said, I'm sorry for saying those things to you. I'm going to write you until the day you come home. We squashed it. And now we, you know, I wrote her every day. Not every day, but 11 years. At least two or three times a month. She became my biggest um inmate person that I drew close to her to encourage her because I felt bad for what I said to her out of anger out of anger flipping I had to come home and get that um, therapy <laughs> well wow <sighs> this gonna be a two part this, this is a lot yeah, it's over three it's hours. Wow. Um, last question for me, and then are we gonna close out? Um, how did what made them come to you about your story? Well, um, 
when I first came home, um, me and Champ was together, and somebody said to Champ, Jamaica should uh, write a book. Well, I wrote in my journal when I was in jail to write a book. So Champ, for I think two years, we would go to meeting after meeting after meeting, and then one of Champ friends did a um, DVD on me. And um, I on. think we was going back and forth because when all that stuff came up on the computer, it's already out there. So I'm like, well, you should write a book. And then she threw it back on me. Well, you should write a book. You know what I'm saying? And I said, my story has been told before. You know what I'm saying? Yours haven't. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a lot of men that, that got this same story, but how many women? Yeah. Mm. yeah. You see what I'm saying? I said, we need to tell your story. You know, so after we finished going back and forth, and then she finally, like, you know, it took a minute, but she finally, like, you know. But my, but my story became his focus to make it happen. All I want to do is preach and, and lead people to Christ. And he's like, no, Jamaica, you got something here. So um, after a few years of taking meeting after meeting after meeting and, and people selling you a dream but not fulfill, helping you fulfill the dream, then um, American Gangster called and said, um, we're looking for women to tell their story. And um, I said, okay, you know, we can do this. And um, I did American Gangster, and they were looking for women with redemption stories. And they said that I was the only one that was alive that had a redemption story to um, that changed their life totally. You know, that's talking about God. So um, God has used me to pave the way for other women. So um, that was my first show. And then um, when I speak at colleges and stuff, things on YouTube, when people, every year, people are looking for new contents. So Netflix contacted me and said, and actually, actually it was Netflix in, um, in London um, that contacted me. And they, you know, flew out here and did, you know, the documentary. And so just recently, I have a new release, BET Plus, which is Trap Queens. And hopefully um, one of the ladies is going to come here and share her story soon because I think that this is a great platform. I like what you guys doing and open the doors for women right. to, to tell their story. Mm -hmm. And God is definitely using her to lead people to the Lord because she led me to the Lord. You see what I'm saying? And that was... Man, that's mind-blowing for me as well because the devil play with your mind, especially when you, like, you know what you did. Right. You see what I'm saying? And, and, and I knew what I did. It wasn't no question. And I don't play games with myself. You see what I'm saying? And I'm definitely not going to play with God. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? So I knew what I did, and he used that stuff against you. Like, you know, you can't do this. You can't mm -hmm. do that. You can't go to say You can't, you know, you, 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 you this, you that. You know what I'm saying? And and it's whatever you think in your mind. That's 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 what you are. You see what I'm saying? So he plays mind games with you. So when Jamika came home and I saw how much she changed, you know, because at first I thought she was playing for real. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm trying to see what what's really going on. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I'm like, this girl, 
you know, I'm thinking, is it some type of hustle? Is it this? Is it that? <laughs> you know, she ain't fell off yet. <laughs> so it is what it is, you know. So so that gave me hope because I'm thinking like, man, if she could change, you know, no, you know, anybody can. So it, it encouraged me. It gave me, you know, hope that I could change. You know what I'm saying? And I did, you know. So, I mean, the Bible says uh, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and favor in the Lord. Mm. And I can actually testify to that as being the case. You know what I'm saying? Because my life has turned all the way around, you know, uh, through her and her testimony. You know what I'm saying? So it, it, I think it's a beautiful thing when you could you could make people's life better. You know what I'm saying? We did enough dirt, but but what you know, uh, time is the most precious commodity we have, and we don't know how much time we have. We know what we did with the first part. You know what I'm saying? It's not how you start; it's how you finish. Mm. You see what I'm saying? So what you gonna do with what you got left? You see what I'm saying? So that's what our our, our drive is to just be the best us that we can be. You know what I'm saying? And that's what we strive to do. And that's what I like about um, me personally as a woman. I shot the pilot for Trap Queen. And because God opened the doors through that pilot for nine other women Mm -hmm. to tell their story to the world. Because there's so many great stories that... uh, for women that we haven't heard. But um, I, I'm, I'm glad that God chose me to pave the way because a lot of times we do things and we don't like to share our bad experience. We don't like people to know. We want everybody to think everything good or you live the good life. No, I went through some trials and tribulations and because of that, today I'm saved and I'm delivered. So. Um, through the pain and the shame, I'm delivered, you know, and I give God all the credit for my life. I don't push relationship or God on anybody. All I know is it worked for me. Amen. 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 Can you give uh, your social media and stuff? Yes. Um, I'm Facebook champs, Jamaica Harrison. <laughs> And then I have Jamika Harrison Facebook, and then I have Instagram, Jamika Harrison. That's J-E-M-E-K-E-R, Harrison, H-A-I-R-S-T-O-N, um, H-A-I-R-S-T-O-N. And then I have um, S-C-E-M-12 at .com, which is my website for Second Chance Evangelist Ministries. Champ, you want to give me your? your you don't have, I don't think. You know, I, no, I don't fool with nothing. I'm telling you, y'all drug me out here. I don't, I don't even fool with this mic. <laughs> you know, none of this I mean, stuff. You know, I, I guess I'm happy I picked y'all up. Yeah. <laughs> Evolved, man. Yeah. Two for one special, right? Yeah, two you know, times. Two times. Yeah. yeah. All day. Y'all oh, man. did that. Listen, uh, dope, dope episode. You know, I think this goes up to in the in the category one of, one of the longest episodes. I think. Mm-hmm. I think it might 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 have passed Jr. Ryder in them. Yeah, maybe right because yeah, be about maybe five hours in. I don't know. Now nah, playing, <laughs> but um, dope episode, man. Shout out to y'all. Appreciate you coming out. Classic you know, episode. Um, I love it. Thank the, you for the sto- having the us. stories. Are, the stories are amazing. You know, you guys, you guys uh gave us some some good content. You know, what I'm saying uh, shout out to our sponsors one more time, uh, from the West Coast. You know, what I mean, shout out to uh, uh, the good. Make sure I'm saying that right. Good looking is is the Instagram at G U U D. L U K I N, you know, once again, good stands for God uses us differently. Shout out to them, South Central. 
You know what I'm saying? L.A. in the building. Um, classic episode, man. You know, you know. Um, she, she said before the show, she prayed for us, and she you know she said it's gonna get the most the most views ever on our platform. You know, I, I believe it. I believe it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. You're giving the Instagrams out? You're going to do it anyway, guys, man. I you. <laughs> Yo, it's Queen's Flip, man. Listen, man. Dope episode. You know, one of my favorite. Yes. Um, You know, when you when you interview somebody and their story is online and, and uh, on these great platforms, you try your best to try to be different. And this is the direction that we get to get a little more details. And, mm-hmm. you know, they, they, they open up, especially Champ, man. They try to violate my man Champ and call, call him her friend. I was tight. Yelling mm-hmm. at the TV today. But, you know, when me and him spoke, we good. You know what I'm saying? Was like, friend, I said, Champ, where you at? I was about to call your phone. Champ, what? <laughs> <laughs> Gotta call him. But, you know, classic. I appreciate you guys for coming. Thank you. Yes. Um, shout out to the whole team. Basco, Amina. Yes. Ebok is on vacation. Shout out to Ebok. You know, he'll be back. Mighty Two Times is in the building. You know what I'm saying? Michelle one time. Yeah, facts. Mighty Two Times. <laughs> um, you know, I feel good. But remember, lock your doors, close your windows, close your blinds, open your blinds. And if you see Jamaica and Champ on your lawn, let them in. They don't mean no harm. I'm from Queens. <laughs> <laughs> That's it.